Greg and Josh are not paid critics. They are not experts, nor do they claim to be. They are just two nerds that love to talk about internet shows. However, they're still going to tell you about what they think. So sit down, relax, and enjoy the latest episode of All Queued Up. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of All Queued Up Uninhibited. I'm your host, Greg Dietz, and with me always is Josh Fisher. How you doing, buddy? Uh, pretty good, man. Pretty good. Uh, I'm feeling feeling a little bit better again this week, but still, uh, it's a it's a it's a process, you know. Yeah, I get that. How 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 are you doing? I'm doing all right. Um, uh, things things are okay right now. They're you know uh, they the. The thing that sucks right now is the car. I I, I kind of hurt the car a little bit, and I think because of what I did, it it hurt the air conditioner. So we have like a very shitty air conditioner working in our car right now. Uh, but so before is we get the equivalent of like three or four kids just standing there with straws blowing air at you. But basically, yeah, like, but they they have like ice in their mouth. So oh, that it's, makes it's, it better. It's cold They're for trying. like a minute. Yeah, they're trying at least. They have yeah. you in mind. Uh, before we get started, I uh, uh, I do we do have a little bit of a sponsor. I just want to shout them out real quick. Um, our sponsor is Vote Detergent, and their slogan is uh, "It removes orange stubborn stains." <laughs> awesome, awesome. Yeah. So thank you, uh, thank you, Vote Detergent. Yeah, yeah, we really appreciate that, and we'll make sure to use that product all the way up through November second. Yeah, yeah. Remember, everybody, vote vote detergent. Remove stubborn oil. Uh, but we also have a guest. <laughs> Back by popular fucking demand. Yay. Uh, no, seriously, they, we had some great feedback on the episode that you appeared on. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, they, they said they really enjoyed you as a guest. So our first female guest and first recurring female guest Dame Betty Badger is back with us today to have another hopefully wonderful discussion. Thank you so much for coming back on. Thank you guys for having me. This is going to be an interesting day. Yeah. Well, hopefully interesting is good. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Not boring like we're just talking about. uh... (laughs) I can't think of something like we're, we're discussing like honey. I don't want to. I mean, that's even that's even interesting to an extent. I can't think of anything boring <laughs> this moment. Well, that would I be, mean, you know, watching the grass grow. That's that's a boring activity. Hey, itself. it's happening really quick these days. Let me tell you, it goes by a lot faster than it used to. Well, a lot of the rain we've been getting, yeah, yeah. I can imagine us doing a, an April Fool's episode where we just call it watching the grass grow. And it's just Josh and I like, okay, we're sitting on our front lawn now. And, uh, oh, I think that one just went up a half a centimeter. Oh, oh, coming up here on the right. Look at him. Look at him. He is stretching. He's reaching for it. He is reaching for the sky. Go, you little green fuck. You go. <laughs> Oh man, I'm gonna put that one in the bank for future April Fool's episodes. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, don't give that away. <laughs> yeah, so we have a few uh, we have a few topics for today. Um, 
Uh, Speaking of, before you get into that, okay, that, that wasn't rehearsed. That was just fucking off the cuff. Yeah, and that's what that's what I really enjoy. We've been doing this for almost three years now, so we've got some pretty good comedic timing between the two of us. Yeah, I would I would agree. <laughs> we uh, the, the our last April Fool's episode that we did this year, Fat Man and the Pirate, that we recorded with my friends uh, Chandra, Dakota, oh, yeah. and Tyler. Yeah. That was completely off the cuff. The entire thing, no rehearsal. We did it in like twenty five minutes. That's awesome. That's that was what's fun about that. So it's kind of like we do a little bit of improv. <laughs> a little bit. Well, I think that's what podcasting is as a whole, is you would need to have that improvisational skill in order you to have said a good as a whole. All right. Right. <laughs> do this fucking podcast with a 15 year old. Um, 12. Thank you very fucking much. <laughs> Uh, guys, if you're new to the podcast, what Josh and I normally do here is we review shows on an internet streaming platform like Netflix, Hulu, Amazon. I haven't done anything on Hulu. I don't know why you keep throwing that one in there. Um, because you said it for two and a half years before we said, you know, fuck Hulu. They're never going to have anything good. Right. And now apparently they actually have something good, but they actually have be... a few things that are good. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. See, this is why we've needed a female voice on the show for longer than it took. <laughs> to tell you that you're an idiot sometimes i mean i guess i mean i know <laughs> i'm an idiot sometimes so well, no. like did you guys ever watch harlots no oh my god that show is amazing i have wanted to watch it but i've just never carved out the time to do so uh once you get into it you're just gonna be sucked in because it's it's so good and of course there's only like six or eight episodes a season i think it's six because it's a bbc thing but, oh yeah. wow! Okay, you sold That's me. That's hella digestible. Yeah, and you the woman, me. the woman who is the madam um, in the show, and she's the uh, protagonist. Uh, she's also in The Walking Dead. She's the leader of the Whispers. Oh, okay. Yeah, same well, girl. Was not anymore. Yeah, she well, yeah. So, but she was the leader of the Whispers. So, yeah, I remember when. Uh, they showed her face. I was like, wait a minute. I know that face. Where do I know that face from? Put hair on. I was like, holy shit. That's the madam. That's the did madam. You, did you give her Karen hair? No. Oh, no, okay. I have Karen hair. You do not have Karen Oh, no, hair. I totally do. I totally do. And I know it. I'm letting it grow out. I'm, I'm still going to keep it shaved on the sides, but I'm letting it grow out so it's not so short and Karen-y because, yeah, I've totally got some Karen hair. We laugh about it all the fucking time because it's like, you know, they'll, they'll have a Karen up and it's like, wow, mom, look at her haircut. It looks really similar, mom. You know, I'm like, shut up. <laughs> no, I think, I think you don't. I've never seen you have it styled with that traditional spiky back part yeah, like Karen's do. That that is which never is why happens. that never is the main happen. attribute to a Karen haircut to me. Yeah, the side always... swept to the one side thing, that's not a Karen. It's gotta well, have like, that spiky part. I shaved my head bald. Like fucking A. Yeah. I was do just you like, have any yeah. pictures of that? Oh, yeah, they're all over Facebook because I was like, you know, I've never done this. It's hair. It grows back. Let's see what happens. I do not look good bald. I will not be doing that again. But I do like the freedom and how nice it is not to have that massive sweaty hair in the summer. And then oh, in yeah. the winter, I call wigs uh, hair hats 
because in the winter it's a perfect time to wear them because you know it's it's warm you know in the summer they're hot and they're itchy but in the winter they're perfect because they're warm so they're like little hair hats and i look pretty that that that, that an amusing story here uh, before we get going any further um as i've mentioned on this show before i struggled for decades with severe depression anxiety um and there for a period back in 2014 or 15 i went through such crippling depression that i stopped caring like i was ready to just like lay down and die i was like you know i wasn't suicidal but i stopped taking care of myself i was stress eating um and i just quit taking care of myself quit showering quit caring quit trying and i stopped brushing my hair and i've had long hair for over 20 years 25 years at this point and it got so knotted and tangled that it couldn't be brushed out we had to cut it off and we just cut it off into one big piece and it was a total fucking hair helmet Actually, what I did, I took it out into the fucking road and I poured a jar of fucking marinara sauce over top of it and called Animal Control, and they actually came and scooped it up. <laughs> that was the thing that actually got me out of the house for the first time in like 11 months. Fucking with and Animal Control. It was fucking funny. Uh, no, it wasn't. <laughs> I mean, I have a warped sense of humor, okay? Yeah, fair enough. Um, well, to, uh, go back to what I was saying before, before we get started, Josh, uh, I did want to mention that there was a, uh, a show that's coming to Netflix that looks really interesting. Apparently it's all animated in a way, I guess. I don't know. I have like, I've only seen a little bit of it, but they haven't shown a trailer. It's called, um, uh, high score. And it's a six part docu-series. Each episode's different about a, a classic video game. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like oh, one, of the, one of the episodes is about Sonic the Hedgehog. Is there going to be a Donkey Kong ep- episode? Because I don't really want to watch it. Because you know who <laughs> will be on there. Um, who? You know, Billy. Oh, Billy. <laughs> Billy. Uh, what's his last name? I don't remember, dude. I I haven't I haven't watched or thought about King of Kong in God knows how long. This one dude who claimed, you know, he was the world record holder for a Donkey Kong high score for years, but he apparently attained it under questionable circumstances. Okay. Yes. It, it, and he is a douche canoe. Well, yeah, if that's your claim to fame, yeah, I'm not surprised you're a douche canoe because, damn, that's not, you know. Billy Mitchell. I want more Billy out Mitchell. of my Billy. life. <laughs> he he yeah, peaked he, in, just gotta he look in the at 80s. And... Yeah, that's well, sad. I mean, uh, he just, ugh. He won't guy. be remembered in the history books. I mean, let's face it. Yeah, He'll be remembered as douche canoe. Yeah, well, if he if he has it, that you know, again, there's lots of douche canoes in the past that you know we just don't talk about because they didn't make it that far, and I just don't think you know, number one Donkey Kong player is going to be you know top of our list of douche canoes. 
No, no, but just True. look at him. Just look at him. Oh, yeah, he's total douche. Look at this. Sad little man he is. Yeah. <laughs> that American, was that a tie? And matching handkerchief. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's 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 really bad because like in, in the in the movie uh uh, uh King of Kong, it, it focuses on a different guy who's been like in his garage playing the game constantly. I don't remember the guy's name for the life of me. Um, and he had figured out like a really good path and pattern for Donkey Kong in order to get the highest score possible. And uh when he went to a local arcade to try to like get the score, guess who was there trying to upend his score or trying to say that it was not valid that gentleman oh mm. damn that's petty uh, it's super petty and uh um not me of- <laughs> 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 i was just gonna talk over it um uh so yeah if they if they did do a documentary about about king or uh, donkey kong i would really hope that it's not about that stuff and more about the creation of Donkey Kong because the short clip that I saw, which the whole show is narrated, I almost said marinated, is narrated <laughs> uh, by uh, Charles Marnette, who does the voice of Mario oh. um, and Luigi and Wario and Waluigi, yada yada. Um, but Dude, my uh, kid's got a thing for Waluigi. I, I don't know why. Maybe it's her evil side, but whenever we play like Mario Kart, she's always got to be Waluigi. She's always <laughs> um, so I'm trying to look at what they're going to talk about in each episode, and they don't have like a description that I can see. It's six episodes. I know one's about Sonic because the short thing that I saw about Sonic was that he was originally going to be a panda that rolled around. Shit. Um, but I've known about that for years. Uh it says they're they're gonna talk about the creation of uh space invaders. The revolution of online co-op with Doom. Uh, the the video game crash in '82. The NES takeover of the console wars with Nintendo. Uh, oh, and uh, that that Madden NFL cr- started this like sports craze with video games. Nice. So this is going to be an interesting show, and I, I really want to watch it. And it comes out on the 18th. And if we record on the 19th, we would have to watch the entire all six episodes, like uh, right before. So maybe not. But let me look. Are you not dedicated? On a Tuesday. <laughs> <clears throat> Next Tuesday, I don't have anything going on. I mean, if they're only half hour episodes, too, that's three I, hours. I could knock that out in the morning. For real. Yeah, I don't know exactly if they're half an hour, but I can't imagine them being more than a half an hour. Even if they were an hour, I could still knock it out (laughs) in a day and a half before we record. So, yeah, let's do it. Let's add it to it. Okay, cool. So, uh, yeah, we're going to review that for next week. Uh, If we think of anything like a movie or something like that, we might add it on. So pay attention to our socials, and we'll let you guys know. We're we're already doing... uh, Juon Origins too. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Jesus Christ. Have you guys seen the trailers for uh Raised by Wolves on HBO? Yes, and I am excited that about amazing. that. Amazing. Yeah, it I want to watch that. Wonderful. I have yeah, not seen that, the trailer for that. You need to watch it. It looks really good. Uh what was it called again? Hold on, let me 
Raised by wolves. Raised by wolves. All right. Wrote it down. Okay. So for next week, I'm going to write it on the sticky note so I see it constantly in my fucking face. The Juwan Show. I've got to pull out a pen. Click, click. I'm going to be watching like that how, one as well. I like how Greg narrates what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. <a> podcast. Play <laughs> by play. They can't see me. All right. It's on the wall. All right, guys. So uh, the topics that we're going to talk about today is Josh and I are going to kind of talk about Fall Guys since we've been playing a metric fuck ton of it. Um. Uh, we're going to. Uh, I have a surprise topic for you two, and that we'll get to that when we get to that. And uh, we're going to talk about uh, feminism on this podcast. That's going to be the final topic of the day. Um, so, uh, yeah, strap in for that one, folks. It's going to be fun. Uh, this all spawned from a conversation on Facebook. So, uh, but it's it, there's more to it now, which is great, thanks to recent events. Oh yes, uh, but. Um, Betty, uh, answer me this. Have you heard anything about this Fall Guys video game? I have. Um, I know it's by Devolver Digital. And I know you can get it on Steam or on PS4. I do not have a PS4. And I don't like playing things on the computer because I am a controller gal. I like the controller. I don't know so why. Does, the game does support controller uh, Yeah. Uh, I've had troubles trying to get that set up so many times in the past. Because I've tried <laughs> playing Minecraft on the computer. And it's like the controls would work half the time. They wouldn't the other and it would do crazy things. And I can only play Minecraft when I'm in a certain mindset because I am a 2D seer. So I get motion sickness very quickly. I can get about five minutes into Minecraft and I'm like already seasick. So, (laughs) yeah, I think that's what. I think that's one of the things about Fall Guys that's so nice is that it's not first person. It's Yeah. It's- Even if it's not first person, because where, you know, again, my brain sees a 2D environment and tries to bring depth to it because I've been this way since I was three. I was shot in the eye with a BB gun. Oh, God. So, yeah. so my brain rewired itself. I can see depth. Well, it pretends that I can see depth, basically. You know, it, it, it's got its own little system. So it tries to figure this out with 2D games and it can make me really, really sick. So I have to be in a certain setting of mind is how I shall put this before I can play those types of games. Gotcha. I have to be very relaxed, very, very relaxed. (laughs) Understood. Uh, I, I can say this about, about Fall Guys primarily that it is it is it's not that oh god it's a twenty dollar game for a reason right it has a handful of games um I all of which I've played multiple fucking times um I have fourteen wins by the way just FYI I'm back <sighs> <laughs> Here's the thing. Much like you, Betty, I've I've played platformers my whole life. I I grew up on them. That's that's kind of just my jam. Like when there's a new Mario game or something, I'm I'm right there. Yeah, um, well, that is your favorite franchise of all time, too. Mario is. 
Well, I guess you could say that, yeah. Because, like, my, 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 my three top three games of all time are Mario 3, Portal 2, and Shovel Knight. Um, and, and Shovel Knight and Mario 3 are, are side-scrolling platformers. But um, even with 3D platformers, I've always been, I've always been really good at them. Uh, I don't know why they click in my head so well, but they do. And that's basically what Fall Guys is. It is a platformer with a few different non-platformy games. Um, but I think that's why I have 14 wins, primarily with Hexagon, which is a final game. So this game, Hexagon, in, in, is, a, is a final round sort of game. And the idea is that there are eight platforms they get slightly bigger as you go down this, this uh, giant uh, tower. But when you stand on a platform, a second later, it'll full-on disappear. Oh. Yeah, so you have to keep moving or jumping to platform from platform. And, um, and like I said, they get bigger. So the first platform has, like, I would say 50 tiles, and the next one has 60 tiles, and so on and so forth all the way down. Uh I've won on that one probably 10 times, maybe nine times. And then the rest, like I've won twice on the, on the fucking, on stupid Royal Fumble. I hate that game so much. Royal Fumble is that I lost in the last second on that one this morning. I hate that game. It's because I hate it because, so there are three games in the, in the, in, in fall guys that are require you to have a tail and someone can run up to you and grab that tail. And then they have that tail. Well, that's not Uh, fair. The problem is, is that the game servers aren't like super fucking fast and one to one because, first off, they were like, "Oh, a million people will play this game day one, no biggie," and then they were just like, "Why are there fucking four million people in here?" Like, <laughs> um, they uh, they got overloaded so fast that their servers literally couldn't handle it and crashed, and they had to kind of fix that and then try to like Devolver came in and was like, "All right, let's try to get you some more servers for this," because Jesus Christ, um. And they're they're getting it's it's increasing and getting better, but it's been a problem, and it's still a problem. So when you play, there's only like I said, there are only three tail based games, and when you play any of them, you can tell that when someone grabs your tail from like five feet back, like you're just you're running away, you think you have a lead on them, and all of a sudden, poof, your tail's gone, and they have it. And you're just like, oh, that's fucking great. So that's why I don't like Royal Fumble because it just kind of doesn't work. Like I wanted to, uh, but on that note, um, the other two final games are Fall Mountain and Hexagon, which I've already described. And 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 Fall Mountain is uh, what I like to call it's it's the aggro crag from the show Nickelodeon Guts. Ah. Uh, yeah, there's like a really steep incline with balls that are coming down and 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 like uh, giant spinning doors that'll whack you in the head. Uh, and and when you get to the top, it's not just grab the crown. The crown is floating up and down. So if you jump at the wrong time, you can completely miss the crown. Sometimes you have to wait for it to come back down, which gives other people the time to, to come up. And if they jump slightly before you and hit the button to grab it, you're screwed. I like that one, but uh, my favorite is Hexagon. Because Hexagon, again, is a very platformy type of final game. Uh... I'm just rambling because I love this game so much. <laughs> I, I, I've honestly put, I don't know how many hours into it so far. I guess I could check on it on PlayStation, huh? 
I don't know. It's just, it's just weirdly super fun. It's hard to kind of describe because, um, <laughs> wait, what? Sorry. I was looking at something here. That's confusing. Anyway, uh, it's, 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 it's hard to describe unless you played it. I think that's the, the, the problem that I'm having right now. Like, um, well, you know, I didn't watch anything on it yesterday. I cursory looked it up this morning. I have seen that there are people playing it on YouTube, so I'll probably watch one of them later on today to see what it is, you know, what they're doing, yeah. what it's all about. Do you, do you remember that show MXC Unleashed that was on Spike TV about 15 years ago? Or even Wipeout that was on AMC? No. <laughs> okay. I, I was busy having a child back then, so... <laughs> <laughs> well... A little preoccupied. Yeah. <laughs> I can about imagine. Five years of my life is missing, so... Those games were basically all. That awesome. was a hell of a long pregnancy. Holy shit. Well, you know, it wasn't just the pregnancy. It was the sleep deprivation once the kid is born and <laughs> breastfeeding and then the, you know, attachment syndrome shit. You know, having a kid's intensive, man. It takes a lot of work. I can, yeah. You know. And I'm just, I'm just speaking from the non-birthing and feeding side of things. But yeah. even that in itself is very taxing in the first few years. Well, it's like Lydia wouldn't take a bottle. She would only breastfeed. I mean, that was it. That we tried to give her a bottle with breast milk in it. She wouldn't touch it. I mean, she would starve. She'd chew on the nipple and she would starve until I came home. So, you know, I was attached to this kid for two and a half years. You know, it was me and her. If I went somewhere, she went somewhere. She was my little mini me. So, yeah, five years of my life. Yeah, that's about right. Once school started, then I got a break. <laughs> um, have you ever watched American well, Ninja? Oh, God, yeah. Okay. Okay. That's yeah, probably it's, your it's best. Your best obstacle courses, basically. You're a little jelly bean in various costumes. When you, there are five, well, not always five, but it averages out to four or five rounds in what they call an episode. Yeah. Because it's treated like an episode of one of these obstacle course shows. Uh, starts out with 60 people, and there's an average of 15 to 20 eliminated to the first round, and then they'll eliminate about 10 to 12 more, and then so on and so on, progressing down to anywhere from 5 to 20 people for the last round. I've seen 18 in the last round before, yeah. and I've seen as few as 5. Um, but it's uh, very fun, very addictive, and it doesn't matter if you're good at it or not. It's still a blast to play when you play when you're playing with friends, anyway. Oh yeah. I, the the problem is, and I kind of feel bad about this, but and I and I hate to. to I'm going to sound so condescending. Mm -mm. I'm good at the game. All right, I just am. I'm not bad at it. I'm not great at it, but I'm I'm not in any way, shape, or form bad at the game. Nine times out of ten, I will make it to the final round. Yeah. Um, and the problem I'm is... I'm getting more consistent to where I'm making it to the final round uh, on a more consistent basis. I made it... I played for about two hours this morning and made it five times. 
but I didn't win any. It's not bad. Pen- it's not bad. And I mean, finished second three times. Making it to the final round is an achievement in itself, especially if you get Slime Climb. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them was. Uh, slime Climb is one of the most brutal games, Betty, because it is it is not it's not only just the hardest obstacle course to climb, but it also has a uh, rising pool of slime that if you touch, you're immediately eliminated. And it's continually rising the entire time on a narrow path, and you've got at least 35, 40 other people trying to run across this narrow, curving path that's continuously elevating while you have gaps in the floor, blocks that come out of the wall and push you towards the slime, um, conveyor belts that are continually trying to move you towards the slime, hammers that are rotating to swing you and knock you into the slime, uh, wrecking balls that are swinging back and forth, doing the same thing. Yes, it's. And then it's if you difficult. make it to the top, if you make it to the top, you could have some giant douche nozzle at the top trying to grab you and push you into one of the the wrecking balls to get you to go into the slime. So there's a lot of obstacles. Like the first time I ever played this particular map, there were 40 people that went into it with me because it was it was the second round. So there was there was a ton of people, and four of us made it to the top. So it sounds like floor is lava extreme style. <laughs> to an extent, yeah. yeah. No, you're you're not wrong there. But it, it's it's a load of fun. And you know, there's a three hour time difference between Greg and I. So when we start playing this, we're usually starting about eleven thirty Eastern. But it's been me and Greg and his friend Andy and then their friend Keith. Yeah. Uh, sometimes has joined us, but it's been me and Greg and Andy consistently for about a week straight now, playing almost every night. And we got an update just, with it. It's, they got one update today at some point. I don't know if it's live yet, but laughing our asses off, just cracking on each other, and then Greg being a fucking asshole. I'm so um, confident in the game now that I control or kind of like fuck with Josh and or Andy at any given time. Uh, sometimes it doesn't benefit me. Sometimes I, I get, I get screwed over by my own trolling, but, um, it's still fun. It's super. Oh yeah. It's hilarious. Last night, Misty was pouring me a cup of coffee and we were getting ready to start. And I figured, oh, I'm safe because, you know, I turned my head and then I turned back around while we're waiting. It's a, it's called memory or match or whatever it is. Memory game. There are 16 tiles and it will display various tiles. And there's a fruit depicted on them. And the first round, there's only two types of fruit. Second round, there's four types. And the final round, there are six types. So you have to, and there's usually only like three good tiles to land on uh, in the final round. Um, first round, I'm not paying too much attention because it's either going to be one or the other. And I'm standing on one. The other one's right next to me. So it's a quick step, right? So Misty's pouring me a cup of coffee. I turn my head to look at her. I turn back around. Greg shoves me right off the fucking platform. <laughs> I was like, you fucking asshole. He's just <laughs> laughing so hard. Like it, it's like, oh, look what I did, mommy. I made my first PP. I'm a big boy. Yeah. Oh, that's how me and my sister would play if we played something like that. So yeah. <laughs> oh God, it was so fucking funny though. I, oh. I couldn't help but laugh. But yeah, it, it, it's a highly recommended game for me. It's a lot of fun, and I don't even like battle royales because they're traditionally they're shooters. But this one is so fucking fun. <laughs> Stupid fun. It's addictive. Well, this is this is one of the reasons I like Devolver Digital so much is that 
this company has been shopping this game around for like five years. What? Nobody wanted to pick it up until Devolver was like, yeah, let's do it. Well, that's like, sad, but I'm glad they got a good company. It's it's yeah. crazy to me because like the, the landscape of Battle Royales is so the same with everything. Like there was a new one that just came out called Hyperscope or Hyperscape or something like that. And it's this idea like you're in a digital world and like the circle that closes in is is uh erasing the digital world and if you get caught in it you get erased. Um you can uh like there there are different things about it in terms of a battle royale. It's still a shooter. It's still a first yeah. person shooter. It's still just like Fortnite. It's still just like um what be um bu- 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 what was that one? Um the one before Fortnite that everybody was playing. Uh PUBG. PUBG, or, yeah. Yeah. That's Player the one. Battlegrounds. Um yeah. and there was uh Apex Legends, which is really popular still. Um Yeah. And that one for a while actually dethroned Fortnite as the most popular played battle royale game for a couple of weeks. Yeah, for a couple of weeks. Easily. Like because that's the thing about Fortnite. It it caught lightning in a bottle multiple times by doing some very specific things. Uh A, it was free to play. That's a huge factor right there. And I think that's another reason why Fall Guys are so popular right now is because you can get it on PS Plus for free and you need PS Plus to play it. So you can get it right now for free if you have a PlayStation 4. Um, yeah. But uh, uh, we've had countless hours of fun in it uh, for the past week solid now. I really like I really like the idea of a battle royale where you play until you're eliminated. But I am getting tired of the shooter mechanics, so that's why I'm really happy to see, um, like unconventional battle royales coming out of nowhere. Like I still play fucking Tetris 99 occasionally. I love Tetris 99. Oh, that game is fun. Uh, Betty, have you heard of Tetris 99? Is it just Tetris? It's it. Yeah. Have you ever played Tetris against somebody and like when they get a Tetris, they throw blocks on your side? No. Um. Yeah, horrible. the old school, the old school <laughs> game, the old school Tetris in two-player mode. That's what would happen when somebody would clear a line. Uh, you would get extra blocks thrown at you, wouldn't you, Greg? Extra lines, yeah. It's it's, it's extra lines. Literally, like I don't want to say canonically because it's fucking Tetris, but um, it's it's literally called garbage. They throw you garbage. Yeah, uh, okay. My Tetris playing has been like solitaire for most people. It's something I do alone. <laughs> Well, that's you know what's great about that is is so Tetris 99 is a super competitive 100 player battle royale Tetris game. Uh, there are certain mechanics to it that allow you to attack certain people, yada yada yada. But um, that is that is intense Tetris. There's a different game on PlayStation and I believe coming to Xbox as well <coughs> called Tetris Effects, which is your style of Tetris, super calm, super chill, intended to be a a uh, solo player thing you very solo player yeah tetris uh, 99 I, i've still never finished better than third i don't even i don't i, I stopped counting my wins because the game's counting for me now it Not sounds that, stressful it can be <laughs> yeah it literally can be but it's also very intense fun so Did it's not guys- like it's not like the stress level of like, oh shit, how am I going to make rent this month? It's more like, <laughs> oh fuck, this guy's going to flip me over. Oh, I won, yay! You know that kind of. Did shit. you guys ever play that game Limbo? 
no. like a party game limbo or no <laughs> um it's a really basic uh just uh it's a platform oh, game, game. that yeah the video game yeah. with, and, yes, you know yeah. little dude going through limbo and there's like these giant spiders and obstacles and stuff yeah he's just, trying to save his sister and yeah and there is a follow-up oh game that just came out what four or five years ago didn't it yes yes I've seen it. I think I actually own it on Sony on the PlayStation Plus, but I've not played it yet. But you I'll should play to. it. It's really fun. It's so, really fun. I, are you talking about the game Inside? When you yeah. say follow up, so that's fun fact. That's that's a uh, it's a spiritual successor uh, because yeah. it has nothing to do with Limbo, but it is borderline the same game. Yeah, my daughter brought it to my attention because she keeps up with this stuff. She she has a she makes little video games and stuff. But so she's more into this than I am in certain aspects. But yeah, we we played that one together cuz spiders scare the shit out of me. So it was always mm-hmm. fun to watch me jump. Yeah. <laughs> that game was brutal too. Like when that kid just gets like stabbed in the head. Oh, I know, or... right? You're just like, "What the?" <laughs> I also yeah, like I'm how have to check it out. The ending's very vague too. Like you still are unsure. So yeah, it's like, did I live or did I die? What happened here? Yeah, it's, a, it's a fantastic little game. I would should say I inside, stay or should I go? I would say Inside's not nearly as good, but it yeah. is. It is. It is a good game, regardless. Um, yeah, it was a good game, but I like Limbo better. Yeah, I do too. Uh, awesome. Well, yeah. So, so yeah. If it, look, if you have PlayStation Plus, download Fall Guys and play it. You'll have fun. I promise you. I don't it's know. free it's through the end of the month. Yeah. If you have PC, it's 20 bucks. You know, and, and yeah. it, it, it does a warning. Honestly, it does have microtransactions, but you can skip them. You don't have to get them at all. Yeah, they're they're not required. And honestly, if I didn't have this game available for PlayStation Plus, I would I can say with confidence I would buy this game for 20 bucks. It's worth it. When it eventually comes to uh, Xbox, I'm going to buy it. Straight up, like yeah, wanna... you'll 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 have to get it, Betty. It's it's great. Well, oh yeah. Um. All right. Well, on to the next subject. Um, is this our surprise topic that you? It were... is. It is. So I, when I was door dashing the other day, I was thinking about certain things that I really enjoyed. Like I was talking to my dad about about a few games and and movies that always stuck with me as a kid and yada yada yada. And then it, the, the, the thought came to me of like, there are certain games, there are certain shows, movies that I would love to experience for the first time again. Hmm. And so the question to you is, is to you both, what is something that was so good that you could wish you, you, you wish you could experience for the first time again? Like it had that kind of effect on you. Huh. Like for me, I can I can think of like the Spider-Man video game, or or um, like Shovel Knight playing that for the first time. Just or even Portal. Portal's a bit like I wish I could experience Portal something like Portal again for the first time. Because what trying about, to figure um, out the puzzles and what about your couch? Wow, wow, Josh. <laughs> Appreciate that. I would I say to me, I went there. Tomb Raider came out when I was a teenager and um, I played a ton of Tomb Raider and I loved it. And 
I went back years later and tried to play it again. I was like, wow, it's just not the same. It's just not the same. But the, yeah, that was one for me. It was Tomb Raider. Yeah, I, I get that. I, I know that there probably are a few games for me that aren't as good. I'll, I'll give you an example of something that I know I loved when I was younger, but when I try to revisit it as an adult, it just is it's bad. Uh, and that's pretty much any 80s cartoon. Just any. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> like, dude, eight-year-old me, I was blown away by Voltron. Huh. Loved Voltron so fucking much. And to be fair, it's one of the stronger 80s cartoons, but I think it's mainly because of the source material. But if you watch the original Go Lion, it's brutal. I mean, there's, you know, real actual on-screen deaths and cannibalism and shit. <laughs> in so, of course, that stuff was edited out and people became injured and then they made robots that get blown up all the time instead. But the concept of Voltron itself, though, I just loved so fucking much. I would love to be able to experience that again for the first time. Um, but as for a movie, my favorite movie of all time, man, is The Crow. Um, it, the 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 feelings that I went through watching it for the first time. Had I never seen it and watched it for the first time today, after going through what I've been through in my life, and I can relate to that movie a lot better now than I could when I watched it before. I'm curious as to how I would react to it if it would still maintain that spot of my favorite movie ever. Um. It's also my favorite comic ever, but when I read it for the first time, I had to stop because it was such an emotional read for me. I had to stop, and it took me a few days to pick it back up to get, to get past the one point in the book because it was so hard. Uh, and I read the book after, you know, several years after. Um, so... Yeah, that was uh, that was a pretty tremendous thing. Um, video games. I think the first time I ever played The Legend of Zelda was mind blowing. Uh, like the I first Legend of Zelda, the very first Legend of Zelda. Because at up until that point, you know, I had played all my video games were Atari games, and then I got sorry. the <laughs> well, I'm I'm a couple of years older, so yeah, I was around when the 2600 was you know popular. But when well, the NES, but you know we got the yeah. Nintendo when it came out because my dad was young, and you know so yeah, we 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 went straight exactly. To and never looked back. <laughs> same same here when we got the uh, when we got that the the Nintendo Entertainment System. I mean, Mario Brothers was cool and all, um, but when I popped in, when I first opened up The Legend of Zelda, you know, first of all, it had that nice, shiny, gold, chrome-plated cartridge. And you put it in, you turn it on, you hear that menu music for the first time. I was just like, holy shit. I was blown away, man. And that's still a great game to play through, and I'll play through it once every year still to this day i will pop in 
the legend of zelda and play the original i fucking love it but i wish i could enjoy the experience of playing it for the first time like i did when i was 10 years old again um yeah you know it's it's interesting because like i thought about this for stuff for when i was an adult but it does also work for for stuff when you're a kid too because nothing is as good as when you're kind of innocent to the world yeah it's like um funny example here um when my daughter was three i wanted to watch rudolph with her because i thought oh i love this movie as a kid she'll she's gonna enjoy this and then we sat down and watched it and i was horrified i was just like what the hell were we watching this is so sadistic this is so wrong i i was just yeah, so that'll never be the same for me again. Um, lots of childhood <laughs> memories just busted in an instant of Santa Claus is a fucking asshole. What the <laughs> hell? <laughs> well, that's the thing that they leave out, you know. I mean, yeah, Santa, he rewarded all the good kids, but. Yeah, it's you like know, oh, black Black Peter, his brother. Santa's the only, you know, Santa's the kind of friend that only calls you when they need you. You know, I mean, that's it. You know, I mean, he's using Rudolph. It's horrible. It's slave labor. It's bad. <laughs> the well, let's be fair. The elves like were the elves were yeah, definitely being used for slave labor. Yeah. Poor Hermie just wanted to be a dentist. Yeah, he wanted to be like, him. He wanted to be himself and be happy. And then they have this freaking, you know, Isle of Misfit Toys. And it just makes me think of Stalin's Cannibal Island, you know. And I'm like, oh, this is so bad. This is so bad. I don't want to do this to myself again. <laughs> and that's why a lot of people, I think, suffer um, in, in silence because of things like that and because adults perpetuate that no you're not going to do this because i want this for you this is not who you're supposed to be that kind of mentality and it gets ingrained in people so much at such a young age and shit like that certainly can attribute to it holy hell yeah i i have a problem with authority and my dad wanted me to be a marine like him, and oh. I was like, "God, oh, no, not gonna happen, dude." I the first time they tell me get down, give them twenty, I'd be like, "You get down and give me 20. Then I'll think about it. You know, I'm just, I can't. No, I'm no. I did so well on the ASVABs in high school, uh, which I'm sorry, they shouldn't allow military recruiters to come onto high school campuses and no, do this they stuff. Not. They should not. <laughs> I scored in the 98th percentile. And I had Navy recruiters calling me on a daily basis, wanting me to enlist so I could, you know, you can work on a nuclear reactor on a submarine. I was like, you know, I kind of don't want to. Yeah, and it's bullshit. But, They'll tell you what you want, what they think they want you you want to hear, but they're going to stick you wherever in the hell they want to stick you. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah you can say that you want to be stationed in Hawaii, but that doesn't mean you're going to be stationed in Hawaii. You'll probably end up in freaking Alaska just because you dared to ask for Hawaii. You know, <laughs> you know, and I've, I've actually got, a, you know, a friend from school, her husband, uh, he graduated a year before we did. But when he's he's been in the Navy for God, 25, six years now. Um. They were stationed in Hawaii on two different 
circumstances, about two years at a time. But they've also been stationed in San Diego and then right outside of LA and they've been stationed in Virginia. And, yeah. you know, it's just like they move every two to four years. So it's just yep. like, it sucks, you know, and it's not always his choice of where he gets to be. No, you get to pick like three places in order of, you know, what your preference is. And hopefully you'll get one of the three. Yeah. But, and there's no guarantee know, that you will. Is. It's like, and you can't, well, these places are too nice. We're going to send you to this shithole for two years. Yeah. <laughs> you can't refuse when they send you somewhere. You have to go. No, that, because you are their property. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm a military brat through and through. I, I gave me experiences in my life that I love and, you know, I will cherish for the rest of my life, but I wouldn't do it to myself. No, you know, I wouldn't. That's insane. Lydia will never be in the military. She's way too small. So <laughs> I don't have to worry about that. Hey, that's a positive. You know, I mean, she's under five foot. She's never going to be over five foot tall. And so she'll never meet the standards. What is the standard uh, requirement for height for a female? Five foot. Oh, five foot even? Yeah. Wow. You're not going to be out on the battlefield, but you'll end up being something else. Yeah. Yeah, because, no, there's no way I could drag a man back during battle. You know, if you're not my baby, I'm not lifting a car for you. That's just all there is to <laughs> it. <laughs> no, no, what if no. it were a matchbox car or, you know. <laughs> I think about it. <laughs> there you go. I'd ask if you're okay first. Uh, <laughs> After I got done laughing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that was a hell of a detour from the topic. It was interesting. Well, there was a show that was on when I was young, and it was. Um, I, I don't know if it was anime exactly, but it was called Bell and Sebastian. And it came on Nickelodeon. It was about this boy who lived in the French Alps and his mom was uh, somewhere. I don't know. She was a gypsy or something. And he had this huge white dog named Bell. And they were running around the French Alps in the countryside looking for his mama. And I was five years old and I was like, man, I want to be Sebastian. I want a big cuddly white dog and I want to run around the French Alps and have nobody tell me what to do. Looking back on it. No, I don't, but you know, that would have been horrible, but you know, yeah, that, yeah. that one had a, it's had a huge impact on my life. I think, cause I'll never forget that show. I really, really liked that show, but I was only like five years old. Yeah. Uh, I just looked that up by the way. It, it is an anime. Um, fun fact. It was, uh, it was uh, translated by a uh, Canadian studio. And it was a good show. Well, I bet it was in Quebec. I don't. I don't. I just saw Canada, the CBC. Most um, most most of the French speaking people in Canada are from uh, Quebec, uh, Montreal. Yeah, French Canadians. French Canadia. My friend Tyler, who lives in Canada, always referred to it as Canadia just to see if he. <laughs> it's like I'm always like, he'll say, oh, I've got to go at such and such time here. I'm like, yeah, what is that in, you know, American time? Because you're in Canadian. Canadian. And, uh, and he's like, it's the same time, jerk. And he's like, yeah, okay, if you say so. 
Yeah, and we watch foreign people time. on TV, like foreign shows, because I like to watch a lot of foreign shows. My husband always likes to look at the TV and be like, speak English. This is America. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> he does it out to be funny, you know. Does, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> we always. He's not serious people. about it. He's doing it. Oh, right? Yeah. <laughs> or speak American, you know, with those people. It's like, oh, my God, you don't even have a grasp on the English language. Why do you expect other people to? That's what kills me, though. Um, the thing that you bring that up the people that say that usually the people that they're speaking to already know two languages. Yeah. <laughs> Some even more. You were sitting here with your one language speaking ass and probably not well in most instances, especially you Southerners. Yeah, I said it. I'm from here. I can say it. Um, you don't need to speak English. It's America. And you know what? They probably speak two languages. Why don't you learn another language? Yeah. I think the thing that, that always makes me laugh about the whole, like, you live in America, speak English situation is that they're the same type of people that would probably say that they don't have an accent. <laughs> uh, they're the same type of people that would be confused if you said that uh, the English empire had a ma massive effect on us and the world. Cause then they're just like, I, I, that's bullshit. They don't run the world right now. Well, you do speak English motherfucker. So just saying, uh, like I, I remember that situation, that conversation I had a while back, which was this person was like, Oh, well, how do you know that the English uh, uh, empire was so powerful? And I was like, well, first off, they did that for many, 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 many years. Secondly, that's kind of how America became a country. And it's like, have you ever read a history book? <laughs> I mean, they haven't. The sun never sets say, on the British Empire. Used to be a phrase for a good reason because they had land everywhere. Everywhere. Hopefully, you know the history books they read wasn't approved by the daughters of the fucking Confederacy. Well, you know, I mean, they're. You know, when we we talked about that on the last episode you were on. And you brought up the Daughters of the Confederacy. And then mm -hmm. that weekend on John Oliver, he actually was talking about that. Yeah. And they actually showed a textbook with the expert, with the excerpts talking about how slaves were happy. Mm -hmm. I told you I remembered that shit from when I was a kid. It was fucked up. They had barbecues for the slaves. So therefore, yeah. they must have been fine. It's like, are you fucking? No, that's not how this works. You know, it's like, you know, again, I read this weekend about how they they kept this um, guy who was a pygmy from the Congo, which I happen to be descended from pygmies from the Congo. Uh, they kept him in the Bronx Zoo for like two weeks. There was this huge outcry, of course, oh pastors and stuff. They kept him in the zoo, in the monkey exhibit. His name was Oda Benga. And because of course they did. They, oh. they called him the missing link. And I'm like, oh my Jesus God, people, I just want to smack you in the face right now. You know, I mean, and they've just now come out and acknowledged that they did this and that it was wrong. It's taken you know, them this long to come out and say we were wrong. And the people who did this, the people who were in charge of the Bronx Zoo at the time and the Wildlife Conservative Society were also eugenicists. And, you know, they were really pushing hard to use uh, Darwin's theory of evolution 
as a reason as to why we should sterilize certain kinds of people. And I'm like, no, <laughs> that's uh, not so fucking terrible. Jesus. Yeah. Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't care. Um, what kills me about people who are so into history to the degree that they're fine with everything that went on. Like, well, that was the times this and that, and you don't judge history by today's standards. I'm like, okay, then what are you supposed to do with it? I mean, really? Yes. It was a horrible time to be in. We know about it. Let's not be that again, but you don't, you can acknowledge it and not glorify the horrible aspects of our history. You know, yeah. I can absolutely compare history to current society and be appreciative of it not being as horrible as it was back then. I'm glad I wasn't born 200 years ago because I would be everything that I hate. Well, there's a good chance. Yeah. You know, maybe it could be because of circumstance, you know, um, as, as a, lay person in history and anthropology and archaeology you know we we do tend to say you know don't look at the past with your own with our views of society today uh, we're not saying don't acknowledge that what they did was bad because you know yeah we yeah. know now it's wrong you know you're supposed to learn from these things you can't cover it up i mean saying things like you know slaves were happy is covering it up you know, oh, you can't do that. You know, having statues to memorialize men who fought on the Confederate side of our Civil War is covering up what they did. Mm -hmm. It's not acknowledging the fact that you know these people do not deserve to be memorialized. You know, it's one hundred percent agreed. It's insane. Oh my God, we just got off on a tangent. Well, that's fine. Totally fine. <laughs> I love tangents, though. That that. But. Let's talk more about this. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, no, I think you know that that's it's it's interesting you bring that up about the Dodgers Confederacy because there are so many people that don't know that they they see these statues being torn down and their immediate thought the two things that they say or one of the two things they say is that it's erasure uh, the erasure eraser wow erasure of history erasure, erasure of history erasure Jesus I can't say that erasure. word so much. thank you anyway that that they're erasing e history. Okay, stop, stop. It's fine. Come on. Sound I it out. It. I porky pigged it. Calm down. Uh, Is that the reference you want to go with, really? Hey, it yeah. works. Because I, I <laughs> changed what I said. Anyway. Um, <laughs> they, uh, uh, they say that or it's the other one of like um, that uh, it's disrespecting history. And I'm sorry. If you were an asshole in life, I'm going to think you're an asshole in death, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Penalizing people who fought in a war to have slaves is, is the wrong part of history you want to hold up. You don't want to hold those people up. You know, well, there you should be statues, but it should be to people like Harriet Tubman. Right. Yeah. You, well, you and you if you them. do have a statue of someone, put it in a museum with full context and explain what this person yeah. was like. And what Don't they have did. it on, you know, in out in front of a government building or glorified in the middle of a city. 
you know, that people have to go by every day. And people, that shit rag fucking northern battle flag of Virginia, the, the rebel flag that everybody is like referring to as the Confederate flag. No, it's the northern battle flag of Virginia, the, the northern army. But that thing shouldn't be flown anywhere. And everybody's like, well, it doesn't stand for that. It stands for this. It's like, really? I was like, have you ever read the fucking uh, Cornerstone speech? No, don't haven't. tell me that the don't tell me that the war was about states' rights. Yeah, states' rights to do what? To own people as fucking property. That's Shut the exactly fuck right. up with your ignorant ass. It's funny because uh, uh, Betty brought this up last time she was on, or in, in a private conversation. I remember which. But regardless, that am I, anyway, a lot of people mis misunderstand the Civil War, and yes, you're right, Josh. It was about slavery. Uh, but that all had to do with money. Oh, like, yeah, because the thing, their economic way of life in the South was vastly different from the North. Yeah. Like, it was it was less about, like, I see black people as slaves versus, like, I see my profit margins going down the drain because I have to pay for labor now. <laughs> like, that's what it all. That's exactly what to. it was. And oh, the thing is, you know, of most it. of the most of the North. Yeah, I'm being I mean, were, being, uh, most of the North was racist as fuck, too. They were um, their intent. They were racist, but they didn't see black people as subhuman. But their intent was to send them back to Africa. Right. And they yeah. actually did form a state in Africa and it didn't work out so well. Nope. You know, and you know, again, why would you want to go back to a country that your ancestors came from and you don't even speak the language of anymore? You don't know these people. This isn't your culture anymore. You're something completely different now because your family's been here for generations as slave held by, you know, wealthy white owners. And that's because a lot of white people then also saw black people as the equivalency of like a wild animal where mm -hmm you know oh we could just release them back into the wild and they'll be fine like it doesn't work that way with a fucking human being um and they're, they're like and it's like it's, you know they but they knew they knew they that that was their way of covering it up and and they were lying to themselves and they knew it otherwise they wouldn't have rules like you can't teach a slave to read because i'm sorry a subhuman is not going to be able to read that's a human being if they can mm -hmm. read then they know that, hey, what you're doing is fucking wrong. And that's how you get uprisings. And there was an uprising right. in the South that involved over 400 slaves. But yeah. eventually you get enough white people together. They overtook them. You know, I mean, I think that's the thing for me that's so fascinating about the Civil War era and even before it is that ultimately that's what kept people, black people as 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 slaves was capitalism straight up um I mean, it's it, that's like people will sit there and say like oh it's about states rights oh it's about money issues yada 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 yeah because capitalism kept black people as slaves there's no other way around it there's no skirting the issue that's the ultimate what you can come to the conclusion of um and and that to me is always a fascinating thing when you bring that stuff up to somebody who likes to defend the confederacy or likes to defend uh, uh the south in that regard is like when you bring up the sisters of the confederacy and like the fact that they only existed to appease the white people who lost the civil war mm -hmm. um that 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 capitalism and money issues and people wanting to continue making money is what kept black people a slave they they want to deny it they plug their ears and goes la 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 because they 
they can't handle the idea that their ideology is so fucking ass backwards. Um, well, and here's the thing too, you know, this, this also works in the same respect as to just poor people in general. You know, that's something that the aristocracy has done from the very start is you keep the poor poor and you keep them on the edge and you don't give them the ability to defend themselves because that keeps you in power. Now, when we first started the United States, we did have indentured servants. And usually after their seven years, if they managed to stick around that long, you'd add on all this crap being like, you know, well, you know, here's what you owe me for your food. Here's what you owe me for your clothes. Looks like there's another four years of work there for you. And this would go mm -hmm. on and on and on. Now, you know, this was pretty cheap labor, but the problem was when these people ran off, they were not so easy to track down because they looked like everybody else. Now, when they started bringing black people in from Africa, they started that in South America because all the Native Americans were dying from smallpox and they couldn't use them as slaves. So they started shipping in Africans. And then they came to the United States and those people were so easy to differentiate from all the white people in charge that, you know, it benefited them greatly because they were easier to track down. They were easier to say that, yes, this person is extremely different from me and therefore not a person as I'm a person, you know, and it was much easier to hold the status quo among the white elite. You know, much harder if you got your white people that you've pretty much enslaved running off because you can't track them down. They can blend in with society. But you can't do that as a black person in America back then because, you know, you stand out no matter what. Right. It's, it's, yeah, well, I think the thing that's fascinating to me is that the three of us can circle the same bush and say, like, there's an actual historic fact here of why all of this is wrong and why defending it today is wrong. And uh, uh, we can, we can keep beating this horse, even though it's dead um, because there are people that keep trying to bring this fucking horse back alive. Um, and at the end of the day, the, these, these, these people are going to have their heads buried in the sand. Oh yeah. They and I think that's, do. I think that's the most frustrating part is that they, they actively choose to ignore all of the facts. They actively choose that because they think, oh, well, we got rid of racism in the 70s. Oh, well, well, I, I have a black friend, so racism is dead. It and that's what I call willful ignorance. You are willfully mm -hmm. being ignorant. Right. And that's I think that's the most frustrating part is that we can sit here on this podcast and and inform everybody that we that listens to it. We can do our best to tell our friends and family like this is wrong. But we're such a small part of it. We're such a such a tiny, tiny part of it that some days it legit feels like we're making no progress at all. Yeah. It's, you know, like trying to make waves in the ocean. You know, what am I going to do? How do I have an effect? And it's, it's it's very hard, especially when you live in an area where, you know, on a daily basis, I do not interact with black people. There are none here to interact with. My daughter does not see black people unless we go to the beach, you know, and it's she's made note of it. You know, I definitely make note of it because it's not how I grew up, you know, I mean, but it does give people around here 
a different feeling about racism because if there's not enough black people around to call you out on it or white people to call you out on it, you think that you're absolutely fine and okay. And whatever it is you're doing, that's actually a racist act. Yeah. And a very common argument you hear here. Um, why has everything got to be about race? Uh, yeah. You're just playing well, the race card. You know, you don't see it because it's not around you, mm-hmm. but it happens. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. I also believe that exposure is a huge factor into a lot of this stuff where um, mm-hmm. if you aren't, if you've never had a situation where you're at a, a function or a party of something like that and you and you meet somebody different than you that you might have had a negative connotation on before i think that you're also will like you're never going to change i think that the, like i know that there are people that are higher intellect that that don't need that exposure in order to understand um but i'll give well, you a small you know, example I, I will tell you right now even people of higher intellect still need that exposure because oh, yeah. It's cognitive dissonance. When you're not exposed to it, you just really have no aptitude for what it really is. So you need that exposure, no matter how intelligent or non-intelligent you may be. Right. I completely. I'll give you a small example in this situation. My little brother, um, he used to be a, a massive homophobe. Um, there's a there's a small story that I like to tell. It's kind of funny. Uh, we, we you're going to tell the one I think you're going to tell, right? Uh huh. I am. Uh, we used to record uh, uh, jackass type things where we would do stupid things and, and try to make it funny, and then and then it evolved into doing sketches. Like I edited my first like music video then, and I I did little things here and there. But one of the things I wanted to do was see what kind of reaction I would get from my little brother. What I did was I had my friend Brian and my brother Josh uh, sit on the couch. And the sketch that they did was they're playing a video game. They start talking about how they hate their girlfriends and that they wish that they could just date guys. Then they drop their controllers, look at each other, and lip lock. And I wanted a hard lip lock. Like you could not look away from it, right? Or if you did, you like you you saw it. It was it was there. It took a bunch of takes for Josh and Brian to kind of get comfortable enough to do it. But <laughs> yeah, <did> it. But <laughs> good for them. So I, I took <laughs> I took the I took the footage, I showed it to three friends, got their reaction that was just laughter or like the hell. Like wasn't expecting that, but nothing like totally like of disgust or anything like that. And then um uh I put on the screen what's all the fuss about? And then I show the sketch, right? So I show their reaction, I show the sketch, and then I show Jeff's reaction. His reaction is complete disgust, starts calling my brother <laughs> and his friend uh, the, the F word. Um, uh, I hate using the word just because, A, it feels very, very juvenile. juvenile. Um, yeah. The, the and, British term for a cigarette. There you go. Or the British term for a bundle of sticks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he walks outside, just storms outside, Says he doesn't ever want to be associated with them ever again. He's like, I, I fucking hate you both. Blah 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 blah. Oh my god! I walk out with the camera next to my thigh because I know that if he see, if he thinks I have the camera on, he'll get all upset. But he knows I already had it on filming him, so he's not going to think any twice about it. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, you're not filming me. And I was like, no, I'm not filming you, even though I totally am. And uh, he's just cussing us out like this is disgusting and blah 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 blah. 
And and I'm like, Jeff, relax. It was a sketch, dude. Like, calm down. He's like, no, fuck that. He's just going off. So then uh, Josh and Brian walk out of the house, and he just like, fuck you both, and starts walking down the sidewalk. I then run to the sidewalk, and I start filming him walking away. Um, I get it. I get it to the point in the in the rec- in the edit where he, now I've slowed down the footage of him walking away. I play REMs. Everybody hurts. <laughs> um. So that happened when he was. God, how old was he? Like, nine nineteen, maybe. Like, really young compared to now. Maybe even younger. Maybe he wasn't even a, a like a full on adult then. I don't know. It was a really long fucking time ago, and um, I, it's funny, but I do feel a little bad for like picking on him to that extent. But the reason I bring that up is because when he married his his now ex wife, her oldest son is gay, and he was totally cool with it. He had no issues with it. He even talked to the guy quite a few times, hung out with him. And that's all stems back to uh, when he was in his mid twenties, and he would go and hang out with my brother Josh um, and doing uh, stuff with Trash Film Orgy. Quick brief summary on Trash Film Orgy, in case you haven't heard me talk about it before. We um, it's a midnight film festival that happened in the summertime. There were six films, so six different weeks. We would have a lobby full of like small things for everyone to do for like an hour, and then we would go watch this really old grindhouse style film. We'd have an intermission, have a little sketch on on the stage, and then watch the rest of the film and then go home. Um, a ton of fucking fun, especially if you like those old style grindhousey type movies. Oh, yeah. um, you could also heckle it too, but like when I first went to TFO, heckling wasn't huge, and then they moved into the bigger auditorium. Heckling was sort of a thing, but if you just started yelling dumb shit, they had to put a promo before the movie started that was like, "Please shut the fuck up." Um, so there was a lot of fun, but, uh, when that was going on, there was a gentleman that we used to hang out with there named big gay Paul reason he was big gay Paul was because he was like six, eight, 250 pounds easily, like the epitome of a bear. Um, he even had like a very feminine, uh, uh, way of speaking. Like, like, hey guys, and it was very like I I love Big Apple. He was great, um, but he had a he so had a so he was he was big, he was gay. What was his name though? <laughs> Paul. What, what, oh, he really was Paul. Yeah, it was really Paul. Paul Brown, okay. I believe, is his full name. But um, I should probably give full names on the podcast, but whatever. Uh, my favorite thing that he ever did was uh, there was a mini game where um, it was during it was like right before Halloween or right after Halloween, and they had a uh, uh, um, like a cardboard cutout where you'd stick your hand in a in a hole, and you would put your hand into something, that's, and it could be a prize. That's called fisting, Greg. All oh right, God. Josh. God damn it! <laughs> this is a Christian podcast. <laughs> the hell it is. <laughs> um. So my buddy, my buddy Jawara, and my brother Josh, and I believe my friend Skylar were all behind that that board, like putting things out for people to put their hands in. And like I said, sometimes it was a prize candy or something like that. So Big Gay Paul, all of a sudden you just hear him go, "Ooh, a glory hole!" and he sticks his dick in oh there. My... What? <laughs> yeah. That's before, hilarious. Before anyone was in the lobby, so it didn't become a problem. But like when they were practicing and getting things ready before opening the lobby. 
That's what that's what Josh and Jawar heard was like, ooh, a glory hole, and they just see a fucking dick come in. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I love Paul so much. He's hilarious. One of the, my favorite things that he did to Jeff was, and I believe that this might have been one of the biggest reasons that Jeff kind of got over his homophobia, was uh, Paul knew that Jeff was squeamish at this point in his life. Like, he had kind of started getting over it, but not quite. You know, it takes some time. But he knew that Jeff was squeamish to, to, to gay people. And he had a pipe, a weed pipe, that was shaped like a dick. And uh, everyone was taking a hit off the pipe. No one thought twice about it, but Jeff was very apprehensive. So Big Gay Paul goes up behind him, puts his arms around him like uh, like in the movie Ghost, and says, let me show you how to put your <laughs> lips on the end of this pipe. Yeah. That's awesome. It was hilarious. I wasn't there for that. I've heard that story like three different times from three different people, but it's the same story, so I know it to be true. Uh, but God damn it, that one is, that always makes me laugh. But I think because of that exposure that Jeff had to the people at TFO and uh, people in Sacramento that it, it, for the group as a whole kind of got Jeff to understand that his homophobia was wrong. And I think, uh, you know, go ahead, finish your thought. I was going to say, I think, I think that's, that's, that's the point I was making as oh, like over everything was exposure can get somebody into a better frame of mind. It absolutely can. That's what I was actually going to say because you know, unfortunately, I moved back to the same town I grew up in a few years back. And when I was in high school, late 80s, early 90s, um, homophobia was just like, okay, if you were gay, that there was something wrong with that person. You know, and you didn't want to be around gay people. And Did you have we had openly out at your school? And not openly, no. I do have a friend who people would say behind his back, he's such a girl. He's such an F word. He's so gay. And, you know, I was like, I was still friends with him. I was nice to him and everything. He was a nice dude. I reached out to him recently, you know, we're friends on Facebook. And I was like, man, did I ever say anything to you just out of curiosity? That was just totally out of line. He's like, I don't remember to be honest, but if you did, I'm over it. And I was like, if I did, I'm really fucking sorry. He's like, I don't imagine that you would. But, you know, he, he he's a friend and everything, but we didn't have a lot of openly. We didn't have anybody openly gay, no. So when I moved away from here, I moved to South Carolina. I was living with my grandmother. Her best friend was gay. And he was one of these people who came out after he had been married for 20-some years and had grown kids and came to the realization, I'm not happy and this is why. And he's like, I'm gay. And, you know, it was very extravagant in your face. You knew he was gay, kind of flamboyancy. But I never had been around anyone that was openly gay. And my first time meeting him, I was scared to death. I was nervous because of my upbringing where I had been. And at the end of the night, I was like, what have I been afraid of? What in the world was I ever afraid of? This guy's funny as hell. He's nice as can be. He's good as gold to my grandma. You know, he is nice to me. I enjoy this guy's company, you know, so he's attracted to dudes. So what? 
you know, and that exposure helped me get over it. I think that's the the same reason why I've never felt that I'm a racist, even though I have done racist things only because out of ignorance and not out of malice, because I didn't know any better when I was younger. But having uh, friends of color so early on in my life that I saw how they would, the treatment they would receive, it's like, it's a horrible type of discrimination to ever have. But because of the region we come from, when there's not that exposure, it's so much more prevalent. And it's like, like I alluded to earlier, when you bring it up and people are just like, why is everything got to be about race? Why is everything got to be about this gay agenda? And I'm just like, why can't people just be people? Why are you so bent out of shape about it? Why are you upset? Yeah, why do you care what two people are doing by themselves with no, you not involved, you know? Yeah, exactly. Or more people. I mean, you know. Um, with- yeah, I don't care. You know, I've, I've got friends who are polyamorous. I've got, a, you know, a throuple. That's a friend, uh, you know, group. And, you know, they've been at it for years and it works for them. And I'm like, more power to you. Exactly. You know, you know? what makes you happy if you're not harming others in this world with your actions or your viewpoints? You're not doing anything wrong in my book. Do what makes you happy. Yeah, see, that's, I don't know if I came into this world as, you know, an old soul or what, but I've always felt that way. And I think, again, growing up in the military, you've got people from all different kinds of backgrounds and ethnicities. Mm -hmm. And we're a family on a base, you know. Yeah. You're straight up family. And coming back here where you know, there's nothing but white people, it's just a sea of white people. I was so culture shocked. But, you know, it, it never it never dawned on me not to stand up for the little guy because that's just who I am. I remember when I went to Tennessee High my sophomore year, there was a student there who was openly dressed as a woman but was born a male. And they they called this person it. And it upset me. It upset me and it hurt me so much. And there was, it it was the whole school, you know, what the fuck could I do other than, you know, just ignore people when they said it, you know, just, that's not cool. I'm I'm not talking with you right now, (laughs) you know. Mm. And I always wonder what happened to that person because I never had a class with them. I didn't have lunch with them. I never got to know them. We just passed in the halls. But it, I know this had to have an effect on them. And it was horrible. Absolutely. And, you know, I would, I would, I would love to think that they're okay and they're at their good spot in their life. I, I like to think so, too. And I really, really hope so. And that, you know this made them a stronger person in the end, you know, because there were all kinds of rumors and I don't know how this person got to be where they were, but, you know, I was proud of them for living their life as they wanted to in the nineties. You know, I mean, that, that was a big wow. And especially around here, Northeast Tennessee. Yeah. That's, that's huge. You know, um, well, since we're on the uh, topic of social issues, why don't we go to the last topic of the day? All right. Oh, yes. Uh, so, so we were going to talk about feminism and go ahead, Greg. Yeah. I'll let you uh, run this. 
<laughs> no, you're right. We, we were, that's exactly what the topic is going to be about, just for everyone to to kind of be prepared. Um, this topic got brought up because um, I don't remember who discussed it, but I remember that uh, or what it was exactly about. But I remember on Facebook there was a conversation between a bunch of us, and and Betty was involved in that, where uh, we kind of got on the topic about social issues and uh, feminism as a whole. Um, Oh, was it because of the post that a, a former friend of mine made equating my support of women's rights yes. uh, and females' rights to choose to being the moral equivalency of a 19th century slaveholder? That was it, yes. That was that was the one. I, I, oh. I, I wrote it down in my notes to talk about certain things when um, – but I, I specifically wrote – and I'm not joking, right? I wrote – feminism or myself modern feminism and then parentheses next to it when we have betty back on uh, those are <laughs> uh and okay recently so, and, and this wasn't planned i just hit you up i was like hey you're gonna be free this week you know maybe you want to come on and so i told greg i was like betty's wanting to come on again he's like oh great i've got topics and i was like oh really what are they because we never have topics yeah. and that's when i read it to you uh so recently the reason i want to also like I'm glad we talked about it this week because uh, something hilarious has happened on the internet and it involves uh, the, the weasel named Ben Shapiro. He uh, uh, recently decided to review, if you want to call it that uh, a song by Cardi B called WAP or W a P which stands for wet ass pussy on his show. He decides to read all the lyrics verbatim. <laughs> it made me laugh so fucking hard that I went and uh, <laughs> I'm gonna do my impression of him, but I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna read the lyrics of a different song. Uh, it's uh, it's called um, uh, "Fuck the Pain Away" by Peaches. So, if you'll indulge me, I'd like to do my impression, my best impression of Ben Shapiro reading the lyrics to Peaches. Sorry, to "Fuck the Pain Away" by Peaches. <clears throat> Sucking on my sucking on my T words like you wanted me, calling me all the time like Blondie, checking out my Chrissy behind. I'm not sure what Chrissy means, but probably has to do with something sexual. All uh, it's fine all of the time, like sex on the beaches. What else is in the teaches of peaches? Huh? What? Sucking on my T words like you wanted me, calling me all the time like Chrissy's behind. As I said earlier, fine all of the time. What else is in the teachers of peaches? Like sex on the beaches. Huh? What? Huh? Right? What? Huh? Huh? What? Right? Huh? What? Huh? Right? Huh? What? Huh? Right? Huh? S I S I U D. Stay in school because it's the best. Now I agree with that that particular thing. Like you want to stay in school, that is a good idea. Uh, she repeats this four more times, and then she repeats the lyrics of sucking all my t words. Um, now my, wait, my wait, wife are, my wife is a uh, is a doctor and I I had her read these lyrics and she said that she's concerned with the sucking on titties like that might be an uh, an an Oedipus uh, on the what? Sorry, T words. I'm sorry, T words. Yeah, <laughs> T words. Uh, she she continued Don't to say that this. <laughs> Later in the song, she repeats the lyrics, uh, F word, the pain away. This to me is a, is, is, is a psychological issue. Like she has, uh, emotional issues with her father and she needs to have some other man or possibly a woman. I don't judge, uh, try to, uh, 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 if you're impersonating Ben Shapiro, he absolutely will judge. 
Oh, I, well, that's the thing. That's okay. yeah. Oh, yeah. Got daddy issues, just straight up daddy issues. Like he already yeah. judged in my in my thing of calling but it daddy. God issues, forbid but... a woman enjoy the fuck out of sex. I mean, heaven forbid. Is oh. it not allowed? I'm sorry. I've met women that are openly expressive about how much they enjoy sex and good for them. Good for anybody that enjoys it. You know why? Because it's fucking fun and it feels great. Yeah. Shit. There used to be a time where it was believed that a woman had to have an orgasm as well as a man for conception to take place. Now, it's not true, but actually a woman's orgasm does help sperm reach the fallopian tubes to get to the egg. Well, I'm sorry. If if you don't make sure that happens, you're a selfish asshole. Yeah, right. Uh, One of the things that I thought was really funny about Ben Shapiro's little what the fuck ever you want to call it is um, his rant. (laughs) It's like when William Shatner would go on and read like rap lyrics and stuff on late night TV. That was always the best, you know, and this was, this was pure gold. I I was just enthralled with his reading. It was precious. What was funny though, is when he actually said, I had my wife look at this to see what the various vaginal problems these women are experiencing. They're not I'm like, what do you mean? any problems. It's not if a problem. It sounds like pussy, it means everything's going exactly as it should. <laughs> exactly. The other thing exactly. that he says, the other thing he says in there is that he he makes it a point to say that this song is 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 what liberals call feminism or that this is peak feminism or some of that effect. Yeah. This is like, what you asked for. This is modern feminism is at its height. Yeah. yeah. It's no, it's not. It's just, <laughs> it's, it's one tiny facet of what feminism is, which is, you know, I'm sorry if Donald Trump has the right to talk about my pussy, then I fucking have a right to talk about my pussy. <laughs> You know, more of a route than he does, too. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry. This is nothing new. I remember songs, both male and female, from growing up that included things about genitalia that, you know, again, so what? She she goes out and she writes a song about good for her. If you don't like it, don't listen to it. It's that simple. There is a lot of music out there I don't like. I don't listen to it. Yeah, that's the thing. This song. This song I, like I wouldn't back. listen to. I wouldn't listen to her to to WAP at any point in my life because it's not my jam. It's not a not for me, and B, it's not something that I want to listen to in the first place. I just it's not my thing. I have absolutely no room, right, or reason to tell others that a they can't listen to it or b that she can't make it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Again, it's not something that normally would have ever reached my radar, but now it has. Exactly. Now I'm going to listen to it. You know, I mean, <laughs> it's like Queen Herbie came out with a song called Sugar Daddy. I love it. I've not, I've had a sugar daddy. I don't have one now. I have a husband, but you know, I've done my thing in my time. And again, that, that is part of feminism is acknowledging that, you know what? I have this asset People are willing to pay for it. I'm not a bad person for taking advantage of it if I want to. You yeah, know? not at all. And well, I did. Is that, uh, somebody else pointed out, like men for years have been 
singing and rapping about their fucking dicks. Oh yeah, and women's wet pussies. Yeah, they've mean, been talking. They yeah. have been talking about it all the time. Even you know? <laughs> even other people's. Are you yeah, I mean, well, obviously they're not talking about their own. No. You know. <laughs> It's just it's so fuck it's so weird to me and 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 because of Ben Shapiro's little rant because of the conversation we had on on Facebook I was like you know what I want to I want to talk about modern day feminism because feminism when it first became a phrase when people were starting to kind of go about it, I don't want to go back to suffrage because I don't think that's necessarily the right time they were they were into some weird stuff that we would not consider appropriate today like temperance movement was a huge thing right not to mention a lot of the women who started the suffragette movement were white racist bitches i I can't lie to you they they did great things you know but it's like you know they were also white racist bitches when the black women came and were like we want this too they were like back of the line lady you know right I mean, acknowledge the fact that your heroes have flaws. You know, they are yeah, flaws exactly. their environments. Um, and I think because of that, like the the idea of feminism has changed, and and I don't want to use the word radicalized, but in a sense, it kind of has over the past so many years. Um, and a lot of people will sit there and and demonize quote unquote modern day feminism. Uh, simply because it is, God, it's, it's not like they, they have their own connotations to what modern day feminism is. Um, and I think there's extremist feminism and there's like, so I think that's like, because the waters have been muddied on feminism, I wanted to discuss like what can make uh, uh, us males and, um, anybody else who doesn't quite know, uh, a better ally in regards to feminism and uh, uh, women's rights as a whole. Well, you know, it really depends on which feminist you ask. Um, I personally do not consider myself a feminist. I am a humanist that encompasses feminism, you know, um, because I have encountered rabid feminist in my 40 years of life i have been told personally that i can't be a feminist because i chose to be a stay-at-home mother and i'm like do you not understand that the whole point of the feminist movement was for me to have the choice to stay home or to go to work that i had the ability to make that choice that's how i was raised like my, my mom always raised me and my brothers to respect women's choices versus saying what they can or can't do. And, you know, unfortunately I do believe that women are some of the worst perpetrators because when you have a woman who reaches a point of power in a very male dominated field, she's not likely to help other women up. She's likely to push them down because she's afraid of losing her own position you know, and it's it's not a very, we need women ourselves, we need to be more friendly with each other and stop trying to, you know, hold a top spot in a man's world and instead look for equal spots in an equal world. You know, it's not about taking away men's rights. 
you know, it, it's just meaning that I'm not a second class citizen just simply because I have a female brain. You know, that's not fair. I thought you and that's how a, it's been. I you were, I, for half a second, there, I thought you were going to make a joke and saying, uh, because I have a wet ass pussy. Well, you know, <laughs> not all women have wet ass pussies. So. A Ben that's, Shapiro's wife certainly doesn't. That's yeah, like the fucking well, Sahara. That's that's you know God's honest truth. Women have gone through menopause. They got they got to get a little help to get that wet ass pussy. But you know it's and you can buy it in your uh, at your local pharmacy. Yes, you can. But you Not know it, if you want to be if you want to be an ally for women, it's really being an ally for humanity. Um. One of the things that I think that men would benefit from to become better allies for women is acknowledging their, the, the social toxic masculinity that our culture also holds up. Yes. I, I, it's I, not I, just men who do this. Women raise their sons in this toxic masculinity environment. We right. have to stop it, too. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's uh, something I was going to say was... Uh, um, like men are, are constantly told by their mothers that they cannot cry or that they, they have to, you know, up, uphold a certain ideal in the house or some to that effect. And uh, that can have very negative repercussions on a young man's yeah. mind. The, the type uh, of um, things we uh, could delve into with my mother and my yeah. opinion <laughs> and the region I lived in to this day, she is like, you know, Children are to be seen and not heard. A woman's place is in the fucking kitchen. Uh, Make me yeah. a sandwich. <laughs> and she, she's like, she gets so livid when my sister, who's twenty, see, she's twenty something. Anyway, <laughs> no, she's in her thirties now. Holy shit, she'll be thirty-two this year. My bad. Sorry. <laughs> Oh, wait, you've never listened to my show. Uh, <laughs> she gets so angry when she doesn't have dinner hot, ready on the table for her husband when he gets home from work. She calls him bitches. Why haven't you gotten him supper ready yet? I'm He's sorry. Not in your business. What, what the fuck? He doesn't know how to make a sandwich. Mm -hmm. You know, my mom has still adheres to that fucking aspect to where the point where my stepdad, who is 10 years younger than her, only like nine years older than me, to where he will go hungry before he'll make himself something to eat if it's not involved in cooking something on the grill. Oh, that's just stupid. Yeah. Uh, it's it's terrible and that is part of that toxic masculinity mindset you know the whole gender roles no you have to do this she got furious at my brother because my brother would do laundry for his second wife while she studied for whatever classes she was studying in, co in college at the time she's like she should have done that laundry before you got home from work I'm like oh my god Stop telling people how to live their fucking lives in this day and age. Well, you know, um, I did go on a group that I'm on and I asked some ladies, you know, some things that they would say about, you know, being an ally 
for women's rights and uh, housework was definitely mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that, you know, men do tend to think that it's an inherently female thing. And I, I again, that goes back to, I think, toxic masculinity because that's what they've been raised to think. Yeah. They, no one taught them how to do their own laundry. No one taught them how to cook their own food. No one taught them how to use a mop or use a broom. You know, so they go out into the world and they're just lost. That's why so yeah. many stick around mommy because, you know, mommy, as long as they're still living in mommy's house, mommy's doing their laundry, mommy's cooking their meals, mommy's cleaning or, their messes. Or right next door to them. Mm-hmm. The other yeah, one that... The other one that happened recently for me, recently-ish, was um, when my dad was in the hospital getting, um, uh, what was he doing? Oh, he was having a kidney biopsy because they wanted to study his kidney. That's what it was. It was going to take like four hours and I was in the parking lot. And when I tell that story, I go, yeah, I was waiting in the parking lot. And then like my dad's nurse called me and he says this and da-da-da and that it's going to take four hours. So he was like, you don't want to stay in this neighborhood. You want to go like go home or something. Um, every time I say that, somebody's just like, wait, he, yeah, yeah. Men can be nurses. It's a thing. Yeah. It's not just a female oriented or like when I was a fucking, when I was working in the lunchroom, um, do you know how many men I saw in the lunchroom? Just you pretty much most of the time. It was super rare. I saw a man. So when I'd mention it, you know, what was the, the main joke I heard all the time that I was a lunch lady and I thought it was kind of funny. So I went with it, but you know, there were a few people that were just like, wait, so you're, you're like a lunch lady. And I'm like, uh, living yeah, in heard. lunch lady land. <laughs> sloppy Joe, sloppy, sloppy, sloppy Joe. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I love Adam Sandler. I yeah, am a too. product of the nineties. So what can I say? I, I don't love all of his movies. He did have some rough ones, but I still yeah. love Sandler. Yeah. So, Uncut gems. If you haven't seen it, watch it. He is masterful in that movie. I'll say this about Adam Sandler. When he tries, he's hilarious. When he tries, he's great. When he's not trying and he's just making movies for the sake of going on vacation, not so much. <laughs> uh, but okay. yeah, I, I thought I just yeah, I thought it was interesting that like like I'm glad you brought that up, Betty, because I think that that's part of what I consider feminism is equality. Um, I've always thought that I've always like I I've I have fought this 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 argument multiple times that childbirth is one of the most painful experiences of a woman can go through. Oh, yes. um, but as it's been proven, a very similar pain is being kicked in the balls. A very um, similar pain. Actually, it's more accurate to compare it to kidney stones. Because yeah. I've had women who have said that kidneys <clears throat> are very close to giving birth. It's it's very much the same kind of pain. I'll, I'll I've, been give you that. Yeah. In the, I've been kicked in the gonads, and it's unpleasant, but it stops after like five minutes. Right. I was Whereas say like labor the, goes the, on for over, yeah. you know, can go on 40 hours in, labor, in some cases. I was in labor for 14 hours. I, my older sister with her first child, she was in labor for like 40 hours. <laughs> my mom said she was in <laughs> Well, that's My that's the point I'm getting. She was at. in labor with me for 40 hours, and I think that's why she's had so much hostility towards me my entire life. <laughs> probably a little bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, probably well, that's a little one bit. of the 
I think that's one of the points that that I, I'm getting at with the whole getting kicked in the nuts thing is that one of the arguments I always make and I've made to multiple people is when you when you say something like like the fact that the pain of being kicked in the nuts is similar to childbirth, you're taking away the idea that the pain of being kicked in the nuts goes away after a small amount of time. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think too many people, too many men out there will sit there and say like, oh, it's the same thing. Oh, it's the same kind of pain. No, it's it's like, I was like, it may be on the same scale, but you're experiencing it for like 30 seconds versus hours or even or whatever time amount it may be. I was like, I was like, imagine I told a guy one time, I said, imagine being kicked in the nuts for, for like three hours straight. Uh, yeah. And then that, the, that doesn't even count the stretching and the tearing. Right. Right. It doesn't. Yeah. No, no. Um, but that's my, that's, that's the point of my argument was like, I think a lot of men will use that small fact and try to run with it and be like, oh, well, childbirth isn't that bad. It's like, no, well, motherfucker, that's not the point of the fucking if childbirth. If no. childbirth weren't that bad, men would have babies <laughs> if they could. But the sheer fact we know that it's rough, you don't see if, if it were medically feasible for men to start giving birth tomorrow, how many men are you going to see signing up? Say, yeah, let's have babies. Right. That's my point. Like that's, I think that's where the point comes in right away is that most men can't handle being kicked in the nuts for 30 for that, with that pain for 30 fucking seconds. What, Mm -hmm. what, in what world makes them think they'd handle it for three, four, five, six, seven hours, you know? Well, you know, there are videos on YouTube of, you know, like the try guys, they, they took a tens unit and uh, attached it to the parts of the body where you most experience labor. Mm -hmm. And, uh, they they went through the you know simulated labor pains with electronic yeah. simulation and i mean it, it it was intense for these boys and you know they're not yeah. even doing it for 30 40 minutes and it's like yeah imagine that for 14 hours you know right. i was exactly. or longer in the morning yeah. in labor yeah. i was eating at cracker barrel in labor you know, I was like, I'm not going to the doctor until I'm sure, you know, and if I'm going into the hospital, I'm eating real food before I get there. So, you know, it, my labor was very quick. It progressed very quickly once they got the epidural in me and it took hold. I mean, she, they were like, yeah, 10 o'clock at night. I told my mom to go eat. Next thing you know, the nurse is like, I can see the head. And I was like, oh, shit, call my mom back. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's happening. You know? It was, it was. I mean, you know, 30 minutes of pushing or so. And, uh, yeah, I had to have oxygen because my heartbeat dropped and her heartbeat dropped. But, you know, comparatively, my labor was not that bad, No, as I know some other women who have gone through right. labor. You know, my my family especially you know their pregnancies and labor are horrible but i don't think it's <sighs> labor and delivery and pregnancy is something totally within the fail within the realm of those who have a uterus and a vagina that's just it right. you know i mean you can try and sit there and can compare you know all you want but it will never be the same you know exactly. just just let it go it's not a competition, you know. This is something that we're built to do. This is what we do. You know, this is how life continues. 
So just let it go. It's not a competition, but it's it, it's in my realm. Let me deal with it. You know, mm-hmm. don't I tell think- me how to deal with something that you're never going to fucking experience in your life as somebody who has a penis. You know, we can't transplant uteruses and ovaries at this point. You know, when that happens, then come back and talk to me when you get pregnant, you know? Yeah. And, and, and that's, I think that's ultimately where my big thing comes from when it, when like, I only use that example to, to try to get men to understand like a, a while ago, a long time ago, years ago. Um, I had a friend that lived up front and, and um, uh, there was a conversation on Facebook about, something in regards to childbirth or, or being kicked in the nuts or some to that effect. And everyone's just kind of making fun of it. And my comment was like, um, I was like, I was like, I was like, yeah, I mean, if you, you know, let me know when you try to push a watermelon through a tiny hole, like, let me know when that happens and we'll, we'll talk about pain. And the response I got was like, look at Greg being a feminist. And I'm like, cause it's a fucking painful process. <laughs> like, I don't understand. I don't Why understand do how that like makes it's me a bad thing. That's exactly how they said. Like that's exactly I mean, like it's not a bad thing. Yeah, Greg's a feminist, and Greg probably gets laid more than you do. So whatever. I, mean, I don't. Yeah. But that's beside the point. <laughs> well, you, you don't know. I mean, you know, maybe you do. <laughs> um, oh, I mean, he had this couch. All right. <laughs> God damn it. You know, I don't even know what 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 gender the couch was. Genderless. So you know, <laughs> very pansexual of me. Um. You no, were just, a contemporary, sir, ahead of your time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just think it's funny. Like, like that—that's my point about the whole like being kicked in the nuts versus uh, giving birth situation. Is that it doesn't matter how similar the pain may or may not be. What matters is the fact that you aren't, as a man, giving the respect that childbirth deserves. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's what pisses me off. And and uh, and to, to go into the childbirth situation, like kind of what we were talking about on Facebook, like in what world gives you the right because you have a penis to tell someone with a vagina what they can do with that vagina? Yeah, you don't. You don't have a right. That's what I say all the time. It's like you know, I'm sorry. This is my body. I. I control my body and what goes on within my body. I do not sit there and tell you that because, you know, crackhead X has 10 kids with seven different women. He has to have a vasectomy. You know, right. That, right. I can't say the, I think that I, you know, I ain't gonna lie. I think that I'm like, damn, we need to be handing out free vasectomies and free sterilization for women because the world would be a better place, you know, because I know there are people who would take it. 500 bucks a pop, you know, I mean, that, that, and that think of all the child welfare we wouldn't have to pay for if we allowed, you know, uh, willing sterilization. But when it comes to sterilization for women, it's hard as hell to get, you Mm -hmm. know, you've got to be over a certain age and have a certain number of children. If you're a 28 year old woman who knows deep down inside, you don't want kids. Good luck finding somebody to tie your tubes. Yeah, they were like, well, you've not had children yet, so you weren't sure about this decision. You don't live my life. How can you say that? Yeah, but don't if you're a 22-year-old male and you walk into a urologist and say you want a wet vasectomy, they're like 500 bucks, get on the table. You know, nobody questions you. Nobody says, oh, well, I need your husband or your wife's signature. You know, but if 
I wanted to go and get my tubes tied. There are still a lot of doctors who would say they need my husband's permission. I'm like, how fucked up is that? This is not his body. This is my body. You know? It's like, if I have an abortion, you don't get to call my husband and get his permission for it. You know, it's my body. Maybe I don't want him to know. Right. Not that that's ever going to happen. But, you know. I, I think, just, you know, I think that also goes in the idea of like, uh, of, of, you know, male respect when it comes to that sort of thing. Is if, if a, I, I do believe that if a, if a woman, like a man and a woman are together, then a relationship, a loving relationship, let's say they're even married. And the woman goes and gets an abortion without his like knowledge, like they didn't even talk about it. I kind of find that wrong. Well, there, there's if, reasons, there's, and yeah, that, you know, it's it's not my place to judge. True. It's still her body, no matter what. If she goes to the doctor and she gets antibiotics for an STD, it's not my place to tell her that she has to tell her husband. True. You know, I mean, see. I think I think it's a it's a it's a moral, moral she's, situation in that regard because like yeah, say she's in an abusive relationship and is planning on leaving the husband. Yeah, and all of a sudden, right. boom, she, she doesn't husband. want that. Yeah, no, and I so agree. I totally agree. I, I, I'm if if something were to happen and say Misty were to get pregnant again and Misty decided to not keep it for whatever reason. And didn't tell me about it. I wouldn't be angry. It wasn't my choice. I look at it as this. And I've seen this be ruled in a court case where a, a, a judge told a man that once the semen left his body and he gave it to the woman to do with as she will, it was hers. And I was like, you know, I look at it like that. It's like. This is my gift to you. Do with it what you will, you know, and if you want to get rid of it, get rid of it. It's out of my hands now. Well, it wasn't in my hands to begin with, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And, or, you know, I, and that, that whole thing is just, again, that's just another part of, you know, feminism is acknowledging the fact that women are human. It's acknowledging the fact that, you know, toxic masculinity exists and we all play a part in it. Um, it's acknowledging that women have a right to govern their own bodies. Right. Mm -hmm. I should never, ever, ever look at a board of directors on a subject that involves women's health care and not a woman to be seen. That should just never happen. But no, it, absolutely does. it does, I you know, and misinformation gets spread out there, you know, I mean, it, right. and respect, you know, the, a lot of men don't understand, even in, you know, I'm not going to say that all men are bad because all men are not bad. They're really great men and you two are really great men because here you are exploring this subject. But I think they're, you know, in some point in most men's life, they've been a douche. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I was when I was younger. I'm ashamed of who For I sure. used to be, but I'm proud of who I've become. Absolutely. You've learned and you've grown. You know, it's like I tell my daughter, okay, you made a mistake. Did you learn from it? Well, yes. Okay. Then it is a mistake that you have learned a lesson from and you won't repeat it. Don't do it again. Then it becomes a habit if you mm -hmm. keep doing it, you know. So, you know, it's respecting us as individuals and it's, 
is understanding that we have thoughts and ideas and we can be just as intelligent because, you know, we're still in an age where women got the right to vote in America in 1922. And here we are where we still only make up a small percentage of government. We still only make up a small percentage of the more technological fields in STEM. You know, I mean, it, we still have a wage gap. We have no real, you know, cushion for women who find themselves pregnant in the workplace, unlike all these other first world countries. Yeah. You know, it's like... Yeah. They, they get anywhere from six months to a year paid leave. Yeah. And a woman here, six weeks unpaid leave if she's lucky. If you're lucky. lucky. If and she's lucky. And mm -hmm. that's something else that somebody brought up, and I absolutely agree with. If you want to support women, support welfare for women and children. You know, yep. anything that comes to helping single mothers, even single fathers, and children should be done. It's like I tell people all the time, if you want to see abortion numbers fall in America, you will never see it end. It will never happen. Even if you outlaw it, there will still be abortion. But if you want to see them fall, make sure that the women who end up pregnant have a cushion, that they do not feel that they have to choose between a child or finances and being able to pay their bills. Something you that know? always always frustrates the shit out of me is that the people who are protesting outside of a Planned Parenthood haven't done a lick of research as to what Planned Parenthood does. Their entire basis is to get people prepared for parenthood, not just do abortions. Yeah. They, That's why they, it's called it's, Planned it's yeah. Parenthood. It's but in it's the also name. other parts of women's reproductive health, right. like free mammograms and breast cancer screening and pap smears, which are very important things. You know, they I think, also uh, offer a great uh, service to LGBTQ members. Yeah, um, you know, I mean, it. And the thing too is, the people who are often protesting against abortion are also the same people who, you know, would tell you that we don't need. We have welfare queens, and they shouldn't be getting food stamps and blah 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 blah. It's like, right. well. You know, you can't have it both ways because it's like the fetus only matters while it's a fetus. Once it's born, you don't care anymore. Right. You know, otherwise we would not be in the condition we're in. Children would have free health care. Women would have free health care. Everyone would have free health care. People would have, you know, paid time off to take care of the children that you say you want brought into this world. But, you know, as it is, we have over 500,000 children in uh, foster care. And it's something I ask people all the time who say they're pro-life. How many children have you adopted? How many yeah. foster kids do you have? How much money and, have you donated to these and organizations? You know what the answer, the answer usually is? None. And I'm like, then why aren't you doing your part? I have you know? friends, um, a married couple. They have five, maybe six foster kids. Um because they didn't think they'd ever have their own and then they actually had their own but they still they just love kids so much they actually fostered like three or four more afterwards and they're great i, I love it it is I, you know i know another uh another woman she had a couple of kids she became pregnant again but she didn't want to go the abortion route she chose to 
put the child up for adoption. And then one of my friends who they said, you know, you'll never have kids. She was able to adopt a child. And now she's actually had one of her own within the past year. And she's got a family now. And she's so happy. And, you know, it's great to see families born like this. But, you know, these aren't the people that are out there protesting abortion clinics and Planned Parenthoods. These aren't the... And it's a shame because if more people did that, there, like you said, there wouldn't be the need for them. Yeah, you know, I mean, if I felt that I could carry a child to term in the first place and that it would go to a good home and that it wouldn't end up in the foster care system, as so many newborn babies do, you know, I mean, I, then I would feel more secure in that option. But, you know, right now, no. And it it's I'm sorry, but, you know, at the point when a woman typically has an abortion, that's not a baby. It could not no. be a baby. It could not live without my body. It takes my body for this thing to continue its, its existence. It's also the same time when a body, a woman's body is more likely to have a miscarriage for mm-hmm. a reason, because this is when things go wrong. This is when it's easiest to deal with. You know, an abortion is much easier than an adoption because I know women who've had abortions that deal with it so much better than women who've actually adopted out children because those children are out there and now that's all they think about. Yeah. You know, think of the what ifs. What if that what if I kept them? What if they were still with me? Where would they be right now? You know, will they come and look for me one day? All those what ifs that plague a woman. It's it's horrible to see. It's horrible to watch. You know, yeah. I mean, so I mean, again, I think abortion rights are very, you know, up there on the list. So, you know, welfare for women and children is up there on the list. And something else that, you know, I do want to touch on because it was brought up by several women is um, believing women or letting women find you as a safe space when it comes to harassment that they've dealt with. You know, um, when women tell men about things, usually a male's first response, and this is biological, is to fix it. You know, something's broke, I will fix it. You know, I am Tarzan, hear me roar. (laughs) We, a lot of times. Me, Tarzan, you, Jane. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's very, and it's biological. They've they've studied this. It is very much a biological thing. It's like uh, when a woman cries, it makes men uncomfortable. It's like a biological response that men have. Women's tears make them uncomfortable, which makes them want to do something to stop the thing from crying, you know? (laughs) That, that, that my, my, my experience in this is, did I cause this? No. Can I help? No. Okay. If you need me, let me know. And that's and what, leave it at that. That's what men need to be. They need to be, you know, again, sometimes a woman just needs someone to talk to someone to be that ear, you know, to listen and that shoulder to lean on. They don't need you to fix everything. You know, and like, you know, if I'm explaining to you that I was raped, I don't need you to tell me to go to the police. I'm not stupid. I know what I should do, but there might be reasons why I don't want to, you know, just, you know, I don't need you to fix this for me or tell me how to fix it. I just need you to be there to comfort me. And 
I see that a lot of women feel that way. And, you know, I think it's something to touch upon. And, you know, as a man, you don't have to fix everything for us. Right. It's okay, you know, just to listen and be there. And, you know, if, if, if you feel like you want to fix something, ask us if, you know, we want it to be fixed. If we say no, respect that. Yes. Yeah. But like one, one of the things, you know, I mean, you and I, we have conversations on Facebook through Messenger. Mm-hmm. I've got many friends that I keep up with on a regular basis and talk to. And when one is having a bad day, I'm just like, you know what? Just go. Just yeah. type, type, type. I will read and I will respond when I see you're no longer typing. And, you know, I'll offer my assistance in any way if there's something that I can do. But for the most part, I'm there just to listen. You get that off your chest, off your mind, that burden that so many people feel. It's like I feel better just having had someone listen to me. You know, that's a major thing. I mean, that's like, you know, that's what I've always been that person who does that for other people. I'm the therapist of the group, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and and. You know, people are like, oh, why am I so drawn to you? It's like, because I listen, you know, it's something you don't find in a lot of people. I'm willing to listen to you, you know, and let you get it all out on me. I'm okay with that. Yeah. You know? I, think, I think the other thing about uh, when people, when certain men hear about feminism, they, they do the same thing that white people do when they hear about white privilege. Right. They, oh, 100%. And, and it's, it's, it's always, it's always interesting because it, it, what I want to say to them is this issue isn't about you, first off. And secondly, um, no one is saying that your life hasn't been hard. No one is saying that you are uh, you, you haven't had a, a rough time being a male in this society. What we're saying is when, when we talk about feminism um, – or, or being an ally to, to, to females, at least from my perspective, is you as a male have certain advantages that females don't. Yes. Straight up. Mm-hmm. And when you recognize them and, ex- and understand that you benefit from those, simply means that you are unknowingly getting things that other people don't. It doesn't make you a bad person because you benefit from these things. What makes you a bad person is not trying to make society more equal. So other people also benefit from the same things you get to benefit from. Now, my question to you would be, uh, I I kind of know the answers, but what would you suggest uh, men do or even white people do in order to help those problems? Again, I know I know some answers off the top of my head, like vote and educate others yeah, and stuff definitely, like that. Definitely, so. definitely vote. Vote, 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 vote. I mean, I'm I'm a religious voter. I always exercise my right to vote, even in the small I'm a secular election. voter. Yeah. Well <laughs> I I I have great belief in the government and its ability to do the right thing if we elect the right people. You know, so definitely voting is a big thing. Voting for people who will enhance women and children uh, who are looking to um, 
bridge the gap between the sexes and the genders. And, you know, again, because feminism isn't just about women. It's about everyone. You know, it really is. And that's that's why I say I'm a humanist and not a feminist, because I know feminist scares males. You know, there's a lot of men who hear that and they're like, ah, and the, and I understand that because, you know, the, th the truth is in every group, whoever screams the loudest is the one who's usually heard. And it's the crazy ones who are screaming the loudest. And that's unfortunately true with the, you know, the modern feminist movement. And we have terms like TERFs and, you know, it's it's something my kid knows she's known about for three years now. And it's it's horrible. I'm like, God. Yeah, this is not the feminine, you know, the feminist movement I grew up with in the 90s was not like this. This has gone some some weird, strange way. And I don't understand it, you know, but that's kind of yeah, that's kind of what I was meaning by like when I when I wanted to title this this topic modern feminism, because it's it has changed since when I was a kid. My mom was raising me on, you know, respecting women and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's it definitely has a new connotation to it because of specific aspects. Like you said, the turf situation, like it's, it's. Well, specific I, aspects. And then you have your backlashes, you know, like incels and men's rights groups. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, nobody's here to take your rights away. Nobody wants that. We just want to be equal. You know, it's like, I'm sorry if I'm a woman who can haul coal and out in and out of the mines, I should be paid just as much as a man if I want to do it. You know, yeah, if yeah. I'm a female soldier that can hold my own with every other male soldier out there because I tend to be built in a way that can do that, let that woman do it. Respect her. Let her have it. It's, you know, not everyone is built to do that. Not every male is built to be a soldier. So right. don't look down on me because I can't do it, but don't hold her back because she happens to have a vagina and she wants to do it. You know, it, it's very much about being inclusive. And I think you, you really have now, there's a very distinct layer between the, the alt-right feminism, you know, where it's, it, it's so much about me, 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 me as a woman like uh, J.K. Rowling and her not understanding that trans women are women. I'm like, you, you know, vagina does not a woman make. You know, that's not how this <laughs> works. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, if you take me and put me in a man's body, I'm still going to be me. And I am a woman, you know. I'm not going to stop thinking like I think just because I happen to have a penis, you know. It, right. It, you can't well, we have a, that. We have, a, uh, we have a mutual friend, Josh and I. Um, uh her name is michelle uh michelle is a trans woman and um i've been friends with michelle for damn near six years now i want to say um and i've always known her to be a fan of sonic the hedgehog and of the dreamcast and uh we have very mutual feelings on certain movies like speed racer um i'm a very close friend of hers uh I, at least i feel that way um and uh, the thing for me is that I've, I have had trans friends in the past, but I knew them post transition. This is the first time in my life I've ever been friends with someone in the middle of their transition. At the uh, beginning. Yeah, sorry. At the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, I say mid because like apparently Michelle's been this way her whole life, but 
you know, due to the well, fact yeah, but the actual the the actual medical yeah. process, so. right, like right, a, right, that yeah, just started this year. You're in right. a cocoon and you butterfly out. You know, it's like you've been holding out it's, in that cocoon for a while. <laughs> it, it, it's so wonderful to see her, like, just expressing herself and, you know, sharing so much. It's inspiring. She's just, she is a delight. The other, the other day, the world of her. Last week, um, uh, she contacted me and was like, Hey, do you want to play fall guys? And I was like, I can't at the moment. I'm in a party with three other guys. I was, I was in a party with you, Josh and Andy. And, uh, um, I said, uh, you know, I told her, I was like, I'll, I'll contact you when, when this is over. That'd be, you know, a little bit. Less. So it was like 1030 and I contacted her and I said, are you still in, interested? And she said, yeah. And, uh, the second we got into a party together on discord, like we just started talking about trans issues, trans stuff, just in general, what she's been going through and stuff like that. And I kind of felt bad. Cause I was like, we're here to play a video game together to hang out, to talk about stuff. And I'm just like, like, I felt like I was just like, so tell me about all the trans stuff you're dealing with. Like, it just well, kind of you know, at the same time, it probably feels good for her to be able to talk about this with someone that she's close to and not feel uncomfortable. That's exactly what she said. That's exactly what she yeah. said. She, yeah, she was like, she was like, I'm happy to talk about it because I know that you're probably curious and you, you don't have all the information and, and I'm more than willing to give you that information. And Yeah, she sees you as an ally. And so I, I hope so. Right. Yeah. I, and the, I, I, and when it comes to modern feminism, again, I think there we have very much a divided line between the old school and the new school. And I think the new school is being led by Gen Z and it's inclusive because feminism, even in the nineties, I, you know, I can't lie. It was very much a whitewashed issue. You know, mm -hmm. we, we did not include females of color. We did not include trans women. You know, we did not include people who are non-binary. We did not include anyone that we did right. not see who identified as a white cis female. You know, yeah. and yeah. now with Gen Z, I love it because, you know, it's taken feminism and again, turned it into something new and beautiful. And what Ben Shapiro is trying to paint it as is... Again, that's just one facet. You know, you got to stand back and look at the entire diamond of what it is, and it's beautiful. This is going to sound really bad, and I mean it as a <laughs> comedic statement, but not all women, not all women have wet ass pussies. Just saying. No, they don't. No, they don't. <laughs> and, you know, I really. I cross my fingers and hold out hope that one day they will get one and understand the gloriousness that it is. <laughs> you know? I hope you have exactly. to get a mop in a bucket. <laughs> yeah, you know, if you're getting a mop in a bucket, you your man did it right. Or your lady <laughs> did it right. Somebody yeah. did it right. And you're just happy. You're probably melted into a puddle somewhere. So, you know, because again, I've been that lady. You know? <laughs> There's 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 been plenty of times I've had to break out the mops. Um <laughs> Yeah. So it, it's a change the sheets kind of night, right? <laughs> flip the mattress. Flip the mattress. I want to tell a slightly uh, uh personal story that I think is really funny. Um so back when I had a girlfriend that I was sexually active with, which was a long fuck time ago at this point. Um, I had no idea how to go down on a woman. I had no fucking clue. Um, 
And uh, when I tried the first time, I have a, like, a, as I'm sure a lot of you know, I have a really bad gag reflex. So, <laughs> so my thought process on how to go down on a woman was like to tongue fuck her, which is <laughs> not right at all. And uh, I know that now at least. And she's just kind of like, this is, this isn't working. And I'm sitting there like trying my best going, uh, uh, because I, I, I can't, I can't handle it. So, Oh God, this is, this is, <laughs> this is also another very personal story. Like the cop situation. Uh, so, uh, uh, continue, continue. Just went down the Howard Stern land. So let's just keep uh, on going. Yeah. <laughs> so for, for weeks, like she would go down on me and it would, it was a great thing. And then I would just act like, Oh, well I got mine. Like da da da. And she, became very upset and depressed by the fact that I wouldn't go down on her because yeah. I just, I was so afraid to, I was, I was, I was like, I don't want to make her feel bad. Not realizing I was already making her feel bad by not, by not uh, reciprocating what she had given me. And uh, uh, I, she had kind of told me eventually. And I was like, man, I'm a fucking idiot. And so what I did so that way I could do it correctly was I watched a video. I Good went to, I went to, say. I went to a porn site and I looked up literally like, I was like cunnilingus instructions or something to that effect. Yeah. And, uh, uh, like the woman was like, this is how you do it. This is where it is. Yada, yada, yada. So like a week later and I had, I had told her, I said, I'm not going to do anything to myself until I can get you off. Like that was my goal. Oh, I was like, my my reward will be watching you have an orgasm. So eventually, not right away, obviously, but like a few weeks later, she, uh, her and I were, you know, getting, getting, you know, laying in bed. And I decided I'm going to try it right now. I felt like she was in the mood. I went down there. I did everything that I had learned, got her off. And, uh, uh, I, I was, it was a very proud moment for me. I had learned, <laughs> and uh, I had learned the difference between a fake orgasm and a real orgasm right then and there. Oh wow! <laughs> and uh, um, later that so day, so you would like, you would only experience fake ones before, huh? Bless your heart. Well, I imagine so. Like it but was a completely you know. different thing. You just got bless your hearted, sir. <laughs> but now you know but but again that's that's what i was gonna say you know porn has its place and that is definitely where you know it it is very handy to have i think that you know any man who wants to please his woman in that way should watch some porn instructional videos because it, it's only going to up your game it can't make it worse, you know. I mean, yeah, yeah, it clearly did. Like, obviously. Then, so, so to to finish off this story, because I there is a funnier part to it. I think it's really fucking funny. Um, so like an hour later, like we we're just kind of chilling. She got something to eat, which I was like, totally get some water, get something to eat. Um, and uh, uh, we started you watching. Replenish those fluids, man. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. We started watching a movie and. I guess there was something in it that excited her because she decided to go down on me. And I was like, all right, cool. And uh, uh, again, keep in mind, I hadn't done anything. I hadn't touched myself or done anything in general for like a week and a half, give or take. Uh-oh. So it was, yeah, it was backed up. Um, 
So, so when I finished, because she here's the thing about her, and I, again, I'm not using names for specific reasons, but she was one of the type of girls that didn't mind the taste and would take a shot in the mouth and even swallow it. And uh, again, kissing and telling, and I kind of feel bad, but you guys don't know who she is. Also, Jolene, if you're out there, please. Oh my god! <laughs> please, not please get in this touch. Not Jolene, get FYI. In... <laughs> if not you're the out there. Girl. I know, but if you're out there, please get in touch with us because I need to hear your side of that fucking story. Christ. Anyway, god damn it. Um, it that was, was Greg's it was, first encounter, by the way, and if you've not heard that story, what had we, happened? He, he puked on her. Okay. Yeah. Have you not heard the story? No. Okay, well, we'll, we'll tell, well, I won't retell it on the podcast because we've already told it, but I'll tell yeah. you after we're done recording. Um, it's hilarious. Uh, so, so at the end of the story, I had, I had, I had orgasm so much that it, it jolted her. She was like, that was too much. And I backed up too hard and hurt my knee. And I was like, Oh shit. Are you okay? She's like, I can't get up off the couch. And I said, okay, uh, what do you want me to do? And she's like, can you walk to the liquor store and get me like, like something to drink or something. I was like, yeah, sure. There's nothing <laughs> more awkward than like a post orgasm guy, like rushing to the liquor store. <laughs> like I'm covered in like a, 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 a different kinds of glazes. If you catch my drift, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, Oh, that, now I feel even worse about the situation, but you, you know, they make things called washcloths. You uncouth swine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or at least a sock. Come on. I was not tell you. Or it's yeah. more of a joke than anything. But but I did I did have to walk to the liquor store for her because she did hurt her knee being down there. I was like, ah, I feel bad. But yeah, that was uh Is that I, your I, walk of shame. It was. It was basically a walk of shame, yeah. <laughs> um yeah, I remember uh uh talking about this like the 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 day the first day that she had gone to like, we would just like our relationship was weird. I'm not going to go into the specifics, but the first time that we met after having known each other for a month, um, we, we got down and dirty and, uh, I decided to call my friend and tell him all about it. Cause I was like, Oh, I'm a, I'm a fucking stud, blah, blah, blah. And his oh, wife no. had heard me talking about it. And she was just like, Greg, that is extremely fucking rude. You don't talk about that situation like right the fuck after. Like, what if she heard you talking to your friend about the situation? I was like, oh shit, you're right. My bad. Like, I felt really, I de- and I never talked about anything until like years later because I was like, it's funny that I couldn't go down on a girl. That's funny. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's not not funny. <laughs> I mean, you know, well, I mean, we all, I, I think, you know, everybody's got their issues and, but you fixed it, obviously. So good for you. Uh, <laughs> I mean, um, one of the things also mentioned was uh, this woman said that men can take a stand uh, against rape culture by not engaging in locker room talk and the like, which, you know, I'm sitting here thinking while we're having this conversation, is that, is that locker room talk? You know, I'm not really, I'm not really sure what she means. I don't think that it is. No, because it's not among just a couple of guys. 
this is mutual story swapping in a roundabout yeah. fashion. We're all participating, but it's not what you would say locker room talk because we're not demeaning the people and we're not saying, yeah, so, yeah, okay. yo, so I was nailing this broad, right? You know, yeah, okay, not so that's, that's not disrespecting. Because, yeah. you know, women, we talk about it too. I'm like, oh, I, I know. Don't, because we do. <laughs> I mean, oh, absolutely. I've got, I've got a, I got some friends that they they have their own podcast. It's called the Total Package. I love all the ladies on that show. They started their own podcast. They wanted Misty to be a part of it, but Misty's not the podcasting type. But they've had episodes where they talk nothing but about stuff like that. I'm aware. <laughs> you know, it's like you know, if you send a, a girl a dick pic, she's going to share it. Yeah, mm -hmm. especially if she don't I like found that out. To share it. <laughs> I found that out the hard way. I mean, they were, they asked for it. I gave it. And then they showed it to their mom, and their mom's like, nice. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? Yeah. That's that's the thing. You know, don't, don't send dick pics to women unless you want your dick to be shared with a whole bunch of other women who are going to be laughing at it because it's going to happen. It is. You know, uh it's just like, you know, I tell my daughter, don't take naked pictures of you because they will get out there and not just the person you send them to will end up seeing them. That's mm -hmm. just how it works. You know, mm -hmm. I think I think my friend's wife was more was getting after me more for the fact that I was, quote unquote, kissing and telling versus just telling my friend that we had sex or something to that effect, like being more vague about it. Um, well, you know, again, I, I have sisters. It's there's five of us all together. So. This this happens with women too, you know. Again, there are things that I know about some of my sisters' partners that I don't want to know, and I will never tell another soul. And I'm like, why do you keep telling me this stuff? Because I don't need to know this. Because now I can't look at certain people the same way ever again. You know? Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. You know. We're just so gonna we're gonna call him Crooked Timmy. Hi, Crooked <laughs> Timmy. <laughs> <laughs> And, yeah. <laughs> well, and, like a lot of people also get after because they're like, why would you tell the couch story? Why would you tell, you know, these stories that are embarrassing? Funny. And I'm just like, because imagine like I'm a comedian, you know, I'm standing on stage telling the yeah. story. It's because it's it making happened. people laugh. Yeah. It I is. mean, you know, sex stories are usually pretty funny. Yeah. Something yeah. went wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I was laughing. Something went wrong. Yeah. When we're, when we're done recording here, I'll have to tell you about the. The Jolie, yeah, yeah, it's really fucking funny. Please, um, if anybody knows her, get her in contact with her. <laughs> I swear. I know Betty's she's coming on this show. It's God. I, I told the story on the podcast, and we got a bunch of feedback from people just saying that was fucking way too funny. I'm just like, I'm glad you all got some entertainment out of it. <laughs> yeah, sounds like maybe it wasn't so entertaining for you when it happens. Oh, no, not no, even a no, little not, bit. <laughs> not when it happened, no. Um, I, I can tell you, I dated a guy once, and I thought he was awesome. He was so cute. And, of course, I was a teenager. And the first time we had sex, he literally had, like, no penis. There's just nothing to be had. And I was like, okay. And then he's all like, yeah, it feels great. And I was like, I can't feel anything. 
at all. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh my. doing this now? <laughs> yeah, I know. It was really bad. And I tell you, you know how every guy has a shit yourself story? Every woman has a teeny peeny story. So, <laughs> you know. And yeah, that relationship didn't last very long. Because it was... Yeah, I mean, I feel like I should have been warned, you know? I mean, he should have had some other skills to compensate for that, and he did not. So, <laughs> right. again. Uh, I, you know, and that's that's something else I think that's that's funny is that I'm, I'm nowhere near well-endowed. So not being able to satisfy that girl that way was even worse in that situation. Well, you know, again, you don't have to be well endowed. It really is more about other tricks you can do and the motion in the ocean. True. But this guy, literally, I've seen babies with bigger penises. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, I've changed diapers with little tiny kids who I was like, what the hell is this? I mean, you know, yeah, I was so disappointed. Because he was so pretty. He was so pretty. And I just I just thought he was so great. And then that happened. I think and it never a, happened again. <laughs> I database. I think there's a database online. I could be wrong, but of girls that have slept with rock stars and then rate their penis. Oh wow. Oh, I'm sure it's out there. I know I've heard about it, but I couldn't tell you the website, but that always fucking makes me laugh. I wouldn't well, do that. <laughs> I mean, you know, again, I mean, well, it'd be like if dudes rate women's vaginas. I mean, it's like, really? Is that what you're doing? Yeah, you know I mean, no, it's fucked up, but there's a there's but, a sense of comedy in it. I feel like there are plenty of ways to reach the end. It's it, that it's all about how you get there. You know, you don't yeah, just all make have sure to take you the get same there. way. Yeah, just make sure you get there. As long as you're you get there, you're good, you know? I mean, that that was part of the problem. He was not getting there, and he apparently had no desire to find other ways to compensate for not being able to paddle his way there. Right, so, he crossed the finish line while you're still at the starting oh line. Oh, my God, I didn't even get to the starting line. I hadn't even tied my shoes. <laughs> you were still in the damn locker room. I was still going, what is this? <laughs> In a fucking hotel room in a day's in with a jacuzzi and a mirror over the bed. I'll never forget. It was the most surreal moment of my life. And thank God it's never been repeated. <laughs> thank God. <laughs> of course, I'm married now and I've I've had the same thing for 18 years. And I'm okay with that. I'm happy with what I have. Very happy. But man, being on the dating scene, you never knew. It was like Russian roulette, you know. Well, like being 37 and single, like I couldn't imagine what I would have to go through right now in order to like, I'd have to go to a dating site, I feel like, or something to that effect. But uh, Josh did post a meme the other day that fucking had me crying laughing. It was so funny. It was. Oh, it I was did. Yeah, it was basically like a guy looking at a paper and it says dating after. Oh, five. yeah. And it had to be a stepdad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That, and that actually is more specific for this region because there's a lot of young pregnancies here. Mm-hmm. A very, very high number of pregnancy. And hey, I'm a stepdad. You know, Misty, when we, first, 
Yeah. When, when Misty and I first met, she had a son. He turned 13 right after we first met. Um, so, I didn't you know. know yeah, I man. Know. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but, I have nothing again. Like if I if I go to date a woman and she has a kid, I don't. It doesn't bother me in the slightest. As a matter of fact, cool. I kind of I dig kids because they're into like shit that I'm into. Um, after, after I was 25, I dated multiple women that had kids, and it's like holy shit, it's completely different. Oh it yeah, really you is. can't get away from it around here. You know, after the age of 25, pretty much everybody's had a baby. If oh, they haven't, it's you know by rabid choice. <laughs> The, they the worked last, very hard to achieve that goal. The last one I dated before <laughs> I met Misty and settled settled down with Misty, not settled for, settled down with. Yes. Uh, she uh, she had four kids and she was only twenty. I was twenty eight, and she was five years younger than me. She's twenty three and already had four. God damn. Yeah. Ma'am, it, ma'am, it's a vagina, not a clown car. Right. <laughs> right? Oh, speaking of that, speaking of that, one of the best things I ever saw was uh, when I worked at Walmart, and there was a um, like a it was it was a computer program that had small videos that would teach you how to be like what is it called like a human resources kind of like don't be a douchebag and say these things. Yeah. Kind of uh, the funniest one to me was uh, it was these two guys standing in a hallway. The first guy was like, "Yeah, man, we just had our like, we just had our sixth kid. Like, it's great." And the guy responds with like, "What are you, Mormon or Catholic?" <laughs> <laughs> Fucking lost it. I was like, "You guys aren't supposed to give me comedy for these things because I'm supposed to take it seriously." You know, I see a lot of women online who get really upset about you know people being intrusive about their choice to have children and i don't know how hard men get this i mean you know if you haven't had a kid by the time you're 30 how many people start asking you when you're going to settle down and have babies yeah oh men yeah, never do. no they say oh look at you living that bachelor life you've yeah. a bitch that's what most of them get see now when you're a woman by the age of 25 if you've not spawned yet everybody wants to know what's wrong with you Right. Why haven't you done this yet? I've and got two friends that go through that to this day, and they're both in their late 30s now. Actually, the one, she's 42, and the other one's like 38, 39. One lives here locally in this town. One lives in Colorado, and both of them team no kids. They don't want kids. They've been in happy relationships, one for over 20 years, and the other one for you know about 15 or so. They don't want kids, and they're constantly bombarded. When are you going to start a family? Mm-hmm. They're already a fucking family. That's their family. They don't need to add to it, and if they choose to have dogs instead of kids, that's their choice. Get off, Get your head out of their ass. Yeah, and, well, here's what I tend to remind people, the women who write articles about this stuff, is, you know, people are intrusive no matter how many kids you've had because what it starts off with is when are you going to have kids then you have a kid and people ask when are you going to have the next one and if you stop at one people are going to be constantly asking you when you're going to have the next one until that one's you know a teenager pretty much then if you have more than three 
people are like, oh, are you going to stop now? And then if you have more than six, people are like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You know, so it's just people, you know, don't think that they're attacking you simply because you're child free. They're attacking all of us. That's what people do. They're nosy fuckers who attack everybody and want to know when they're spawning, why they're spawning and, you know, how they're doing it. <laughs> That's just people. Yeah. I uh, can suck. Yeah, people do suck. You know, they don't know how to mind their own fucking business. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like when Lydia was born and I told Josh this, we, you know, my husband had a vasectomy when she was four months old because he was 42 and I was 25. I wasn't supposed to be able to get pregnant. So this was a very big shock to us, you know, and we didn't want to find ourselves in that position again because my body wasn't going to take it. And he's like, you know, 42, having a baby. I'm 40 now. I wouldn't want to have a fucking baby. Screw that shit. You know? Yeah. Like I've apologized to him. I'm like, I'm really sorry that this happened to you when you were 42 years old, <laughs> but he took it. Well, he took it very well. He handled it like a pro and I, God love him for it, you know? But yeah, it was, it, it's that thing, you know, where people are just nosy. You know, it's like parenting advice. When you have a kid, everybody and their fucking mother, even people who don't have kids, are going to tell you how to parent. Mm -hmm. I'm sure Josh knows this. You know, my own mother still tries to tell me how to parent. I'm like, I've, you know, I've gotten this far without you intervening. I think I'm good. Yeah, my parents don't do that because they know better. I'd be like. Y'all know I pretty much raised myself, right? You know? <laughs> yeah, you do. Okay, then shut up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my, my, my sister and brother-in-law used to raise my nephews with ideals and, and things in their mind that I didn't agree with. And I always kept my mouth shut. And, and then when I was around the boys by myself, I'd, I'd give them lessons that I thought were important because I'm an uncle. Um, That's what but, uncles do. Exactly. That's what aunts do. <laughs> Um, but I would never, I never once ever told my sister how to raise the, how to raise the boys. And I've never told any of my friends how to raise their kid either. Um, unless they, unless they ask and we have a conversation about it. And it's just one of those things where I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't say that, but that, you know, I'm like, all right, but you do and you. See, that's, you're one of the special few, you know? And again, I, I like to consider myself in that category too. I'm not up in anybody's reproductive business. If it's not my uterus, I don't care. You know, that's just how I feel about it. It's not me. Okay. I'm not going to have to endure the sleepless nights. I'm not going to have to endure the breastfeeding for two and a half years because my kid won't take a fucking bottle. You know, I mean, yeah. I don't care. It's, you know, I'm like, woohoo, you're pregnant. Yay for you. Not me. You know? that's, that's another thing is that, you know, I'm not with the kid all the time. I don't have to raise the kid. I just get yeah. to have fun times with the kid feed them candy and then drop them off when they're all fucking hyped up. Yep. It's like, I, I don't have to be there. So that's, it's, it's again, not my, not, it's not anybody's job to tell another. And, it, and on that note, even if you are a parent, I don't believe it's your job to tell another parent how to raise their kid. It's not, not unless they ask you for advice and then yep. you have to coach it very, very delicately. You know, because people get very offensive about their parenting styles. Even when they're asking for advice, they get very offensive, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And 
everybody does it different. Is your kid happy? Is your kid healthy? Is your kid fed? You know, then okay, you're doing it right. I don't, I don't give a shit if you do it the same way I do. You're doing it right. You know, I breastfed for two and a half years. I have friends who bottle fed from the very start. I don't shame them for it, though. I know a lot of women who do. And I'm like, I don't see why. Is their kid happy and healthy and well fed and taken care of? Then shut the fuck up. It's not your business. (laughs) Misty couldn't produce enough milk for Madison. Madison would be on her for an hour and be starving. And she couldn't produce hardly any milk. So Madison, just a few weeks old, we had to put her on formula full time. You know, we didn't have a choice. That was a medical reason for it. But, you know. I have a friend who had inverted people nipples. were like, people were like, oh, why is she breastfeeding? It was like, no, you're why fucking is it business. any of your fucking business? It's not, you know, I don't ask women when I find out they're pregnant. Oh, are you planning to breastfeed? That's not my fucking business. You know, unless you bring it up, I'm not going to be like, oh, you should absolutely breastfeed, blah, 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 blah. Do what you need to do for you and your family. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't like this mommy shame culture that we're in. You know, it's like. Fucking bitches! It's like essential oils are not going to cure the world. I don't give a shit what you say. No amount of vitamin C is going to cure your urinary tract infection. Go to a doctor, Sharon. You know, I mean, it's (laughs) the mommy groups are real, and it's there are some groups I'm surprised I'm still a member, and they haven't kicked me out yet. Uh, Yeah. Uh, just fucking people always like to get in other people's business too, which I think is the worst. Yeah, and, and just in general, yeah. just in general. Sorry, and we can bring that back around to feminism again. Let people have their own autonomy. I don't give a shit if they're a woman or they're a man or if they're gay or they're straight or they're non-binary or you know asexual or aromantic. Just let people be. It doesn't affect me in my life. It's like when, you know, we allowed, you know, we legally allowed gay people to get married. You know, there was all these people, oh, they're going to you know, tarnish the institution of marriage. And I'm like, listen, Jack and Jill, you guys have been doing that for the whole of humanity since Christianity, at least. Y'all have been tarnishing marriage. You don't need gays to come in and tarnish marriage when you've already done it for yourself. You know, I mean, don't tell me that bullshit. I don't want to hear it. You know, that'd be like saying that because I'm not Christian and I'm married. Somehow I've affected the institution of your marriage. Bullshit. I have not. You know? Yeah. It's, it, like it's, it's, it's that, that, that tarnishing of marriage thing always cracked me up because it's like, you mean that guy that, you know, that or woman got that, that, that divorced three other times that, that, that tarnishing are you talking about? Or, you know, yeah. you know, it's like, an. I love my daddy. I love him. But my daddy been married four times. You know, and I love this last one. I do. She's she's very good for him. And, you know, she loves him to bitty bits. But, yeah, he's been married four times. You know, I'm on my second marriage. And I'm in it for the past 18 years. It's like, oh, I've made it longer than my parents. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, I think that that's also a... Um a very big uh, accomplishment in our society today is, is being able to say that you have, have held on to something that is like technically considered. Um, I'm trying to say this correctly without sounding offensive. The divorce rate in this country is extremely high and oh, yeah. being able to sit there and say that you've never been divorced 
that you've had one you know spouse the 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 craziness to say that that's an accomplishment is is nuts which is why i don't personally personally i have to be specific about that believe in the institute of marriage i think it's a very religious ideal that has just passed on um in a non-religious way uh because our country gives like tax breaks for you know yeah. for people and, and like oh well my husband is like i know people that have been together for a, a, a years not married don't plan on having a marriage unless it's just a ceremony um and uh i'm legit worried about them because if one of them gets injured in a car wreck or something to that effect and they have to go into the hospital the other person can't go with them yeah, that's one of the reasons why we're married. You know, again, right. he's been married before. He'd been married for like 15 years. And, you know, again, he's 18 years older than me. This is, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, but again, we've been together for 18 years. Obviously, it works for us. Um, I was married at 19 and I left him when I was 22. I realized uh, after I was in a really bad car accident, he wouldn't do my dishes. He wouldn't do the dishes in our house. My best friend had to come and do the dishes. And I was like, okay, I can't do this anymore. You know, I was like, I know I don't want to be that person who's married and divorced by 25, but that's going to be me. So, you know, I mean, and I think I learned from my first marriage how a marriage should not be. I also learned from my parents' marriages how a marriage should not be. Uh, but we did it because it's legally it's safer that way you know it yeah. protects us it protects our daughter you know um and then the great thing about like the great thing about a lot of of how like i don't know about other states but i know in california for sure you don't have to have a ceremony in order to be married you just can elope well virginia yeah. virginia doesn't recognize what they call common law marriages um tennessee it, it, does like Misty and I, we've been together for 15 years. Which in most uh, states been, would be common law. Yeah, because after seven, it would be your eight. Yeah. But we're not legally married, but we refer to each other as husband and wife because, fuck it, we are in it for the, the long haul. We're not leaving each other until one of us, something happens, you know? Well, yeah. Again, you that are married. You exactly. live with a married couple. You are married. That piece of paper is just there. It's just a piece of paper. That's it. You know, again, my my relationship does not depend on the United States government one way or the other. You know, if they fell tomorrow, I would still be married. You know, if that piece of paper burns up and the government building that housed it and, you know, all the authentication of it went up in smoke, I would still be married. You know, he's my husband, you know. But at the same time, I'm also the person who says, you know, I use my maiden name because doesn't matter what happens to me and my husband, I will always be an oval tree. Yeah. 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 So. Uh, that's she uses hers, you know, uh, but there's just it's weird how these institutions, everybody thinks it's got to be this way or it's not valid. No. These are all social constructs. Social constructs very can change recent. and they can evolve. Well, and that's the thing that they don't understand is in the history of marriage, that's very, very recent the way they expect it to be, which is a very 1950 standard. It's not how marriage has been throughout most of human history. You know, it's like 
there used to be a time where you didn't get divorced. You know, exactly. I, and people talk about, you know, the sacred institution of two parents and a nuclear family. That has never been normal. I mean, especially no. in poor families, you know, you know how often parents, both moms and dads would just get up and walk away. And there's nothing you could do about it. I mean, it's not like you had the technology to serve child support on people. And right. if you were wealthy, men kept the children. If something mm -hmm. happened in your marriage and it was dissolved, men kept the children. The women didn't get the children. You know, that's something very recent in our society. So, you know, people who talk about this great institution of marriage don't seem to understand how much it has evolved just in recent history because it's evolved a lot. It's gone through a lot of changes from start to finish. Yeah. Um, well, this podcast has gone on for a really long time. So why don't we go around? Right. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah. It's a long two one. hours and 48 <laughs> minutes and 33 seconds as we're at now. Uh, I know I, I the, the reason it went long guys is because we had some excellent fucking conversations today. Good Lord. Um, so uh, real quick, uh, before we end it, <laughs> Jesus, uh, Betty, thank you again so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me. I love it. Oh my God. You, you, you are, you bring so much to the goddamn table. It's not even funny. Um, thank you. Are you planning on doing your own podcast at some point? I was thinking about it. Um, I'm, I've got sure. one of my sisters and, you know, I would really like to do it. I'm just not sure if I'm going to be able to work it out with her time wise, because she's got a lot of irons in the fire right now. She's young. She doesn't have kids yet. You know, newly married, new house. And she's doing the craft thing right now. And it's like, are you going to be able to find time to do this with me? So I'm thinking about it because I do like doing this. I like, I like talking. I like sharing information and, you know, it's fun, but I don't know if I'll be able to find someone to do it with me on a full-time basis. I gotcha. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's definitely like with, with Josh and I, uh, you know, I started the podcast with a, with a different friend and then that friend would edit our shows and then he couldn't one week. So Josh had to take it over and Josh has been doing an unbelievably stellar job at not only editing the show, but promoting it. Um, I don't have the necessarily ca capabilities of doing a lot of the stuff. Um, when I get a better PC setup and I can take audio from the show and edit clips, what I really want to do is edit, edit segments down. Uh, so that, cause I, cause I, I think that one of the best things for a podcast is to have digestible clips that can be shared. Oh yeah. And, uh, I know that Josh already does like a metric fuck ton with the show and other things, other shows that he's doing. So I definitely don't want to put more on his plate. Um, but that would be a goal of mine eventually. And I'm glad that I have Josh to, to be my co-host on this show. Otherwise I'd be, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, the show would probably end years ago no joke exactly i totally understand so it's always good to have a, a partner that you know is steady and can be there constantly for you and vice versa 
Well, um, it's like I'm an introvert by nature. I really do like in. I'm a homebody and I'm not a party type, but I have so much information in my head and so many thoughts and opinions on things that I do like to share that. And the rest of my family, it tends to be a little more extroverted and getting them to settle down for anything. It's going to be hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's uh, from my experience. Um, I've, I've been doing podcasting for, like since 2009, I want to say. So about 11 years now. And when I first started doing it, I was just a guest on a few episodes of a show. Um, there was a, um, there was a show on a, on a, on a, on a internet channel called revision three. I don't think they're still around called the totally, totally rad show. And it was these three guys that they would talk about movies, video games, comic books, TV shows, whatever. Um, it was whatever was new that week. They would discuss it for an hour and I always loved that format. I loved watching their show and getting their opinion. And I always wanted to do that. So these guys in, in Sacramento had a podcast that they were doing. And my friend uh, Lito, who was going to be a guest on the show had asked me if I wanted to do it. Um, so I had done it. And then a few more times after that, I was a guest on the show. Lito would come pick me up I'd hang out with him. And then we'd go do the, do the podcast. Eventually it got to the point where, uh, there was because they were the two brothers. They were the Abaya twins, and one of them had to leave because he was having a kid. So um, John left, and then Ben took it over. And Ben, me, and my buddy Mike would do the do the show constantly. I then got to host my own show that 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 was uh, premiered on their website and on iTunes stuff like that called The Overtime, which started as just a we don't want the episode to go three hours. So yeah, <laughs> um, um, I don't mind it with this case because. Like we talked about so many things that people could listen to this in, in segments and be totally caught up. Uh, but when I did the overtime, I learned a lot about how to podcast and how to properly uh, get, you know, opinions of people and all that kind of stuff, um, which allowed me to then uh, uh, do a different show with my buddy, uh, uh, Anthony. And we did, uh, it was like a video game news uh, podcast for years, literally still good friends with him. Uh, that was funny because when, when the thing with the bias had kind of ended, um, uh, I didn't want to do podcasting anymore. I didn't want to do stuff with another group. I was just kind of done. And Anthony was just like, dude, like be my co-host. Like you are a great conversationalist. Come on, please. So I did it and, and I, I really enjoyed that. But like, no matter what we did, we changed the format. God knows how many times, uh, it never picked up steam. It never went anywhere. We tried a ton mm -hmm. of stuff like cross promotion, talking to people. It just didn't matter. So eventually, uh, um, I wanted to do more in terms of podcasting. And I remember talking to John. I remember thinking about doing a podcast where I review shows on Netflix. Uh, this was like, I want to say around 2015. And it wasn't until 2017, Josh, would you say? Mm -hmm. yeah like i was tr i would stream uh, uh jackbox all the time and josh was one of the people that would come into the to the discord call and be part of the active uh voice audience if you will and i noticed that whenever him and i had watched shows to at the, like roughly the same time and we would discuss them while we're streaming a game the conversation was always great <laughs> like even people in chat were just like uh-huh uh -huh. and so i was yeah. just like 
I was like, man, I really want to do this podcast. Do you want to do it with me? And uh, um, I'm not going to go into specifics because I just don't want to. But having Josh as my co-host has been my best experience podcasting in the, in, in 11 years. I was I was hoping you were going to get back to praising me some more. I really appreciate that. <laughs> I'm I'm being serious. Like I'm not just trying to to blow smoke up your ass, Josh. Like the experiences that I've had. I love Anthony to death. I I love the Abaya twins, but none of it was per, was to the level of professionality that I've had with you. Um, I'm uh, not that professional. Come on now. I said professionality. <laughs> uh, Oh, I can I can kind of give you examples off air. I don't really want to, you know, throw anyone under the bus at this moment, but or burn any bridges. But uh, there were a lot of bad experiences, and um, but I think that's also the point of of doing entertaining things is you you learn what works and what doesn't work. You you learn about what you can do and what you can't do. And um, I would. Uh, I think I watched like three or four Ted talks back in 2014 about how to do podcasting correctly. And, uh, it's, it's a process. Know there were Ted talks on that. Oh my God. There's a Ted talk on everything at this point. Oh, I know. I just, that one's one I haven't run across yet. Surprisingly. It's, it's, That's... it's crazy. One of the big things that I learned back when I was doing the, the show with the bio twins and my buddy, Mike was, uh, I, I have a really bad habit of saying um and and a lot, and I would listen yes, back do. to episodes. I would listen back to episodes and try to correct that as best I could. I learned very quickly that when describing something and you go into detail that is just unnecessary, people kind of trail off and lose interest. So I learned how to tell stories a bit quicker, uh, not be so. Um, I don't. I'm trying to think of a good phrase for it. Uh, uh, rambly. See. I'm not the best the at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not the best at it. I'm, st- I'm still not. Like, I, I still fuck up from time to time, but I try my best. The hell you say. <laughs> well, see, that's the thing. Um, you know, for the past 18 years of my life, my husband and I are very intellectual people, and we love to stimulate each other. By talking and Sorry. you know, on, yeah, I, I, heard, know. I heard that. I know, right? I know that's what she said. But uh, <laughs> you know, we we do have you know some very in depth conversations on you know social issues and political issues, and I mean, we can get heated. We never yell, but we can. You know, he loves to play devil's advocate, so it gets frustrating sometimes because I know he agrees with me, but he's playing devil's advocate anyways. And I'm just like, Oh, I want to choke you right now. (laughs) But we do that. I mean, this is how we converse with each other. We will start on one topic and we'll end up somewhere else completely different. And it's like, how did we get here? But it was fun. The whole process of getting there was really fun. You know, I mean, I love that stimulation and, that's that's one of the things that works between he and I, even though there is an age gap, is because we are very much intellectual people. We like to discuss topics of the day. We we are involved in politics. And we can do that and not be angry at each other at the end of the night. It's like the Conways. I don't know how they do this. George Conway and Kellyanne Conway. It's like, how does your marriage work? 
what does your prenup look like? Because something is going on here that is just not normal, you know? I don't know, but it was probably forged sometime during the massacre at Bowling Green. <laughs> Christ. I, you know, that's that's another thing about podcasting that I've learned that is, uh, I always feel as an asset is uh, like listening to the other person and, and actually having a proper conversation, not just going, well, I'm, I want to talk about this, embracing the ADD, as I like to call it. Yeah. Um, I think that's something I've learned really well when it comes to uninhibited. Uh, like there was a few times we got completely off topic. Like I started yeah. off with like, what are, what, what's a, a, a franchise or a game or something that you really enjoyed That was something you wish you could experience again. And we got onto social issues about uh, uh, slavery and whatnot. Um, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it got really off topic, but I never stopped it. I never said, Hey, let's, you know, let's drive back. This because way. organic conversations and discussions to me are the best kind. They really are. Let it evolve. Let it evolve and go where it may, because if we're finding it interesting enough to continue it without saying, hey, let's get back on topic here, you know, chances are the listener is going to enjoy it that much more as well. Right. Is my philosophy anyway. Well, you know, and it, your philosophy, funnily enough, is exactly how, you know, the Greco-Roman schools worked. You know, the schools of philosophy, it was very much a gathering of people of like minds and they would start off on one topic and they did somewhere else, you know, completely different. But it was a sharing and exchanging of ideas. And I don't think we do that enough today. I, I mean, I'd like to see more of that with people because I find those to be the most interesting conversations is where are you going to go? Where, what path are you going to take? How are you going to tie this in? You know, because yeah. they can get very deep and involved and I get very involved in them as well. Just listening. Right. And I, and I hope that our audience enjoys that as much as I do, as much I as I so. you guys do. Um, I know I this episode's not. really long, but uh, God, it's, a, it's, it's almost as long as, as, as one of the extended cuts of Lord of the Rings. Um <laughs> <laughs> See, this would be a short conversation in my house. We could go on all night. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, well, yeah, the I very was... first time we met face-to-face -face in person, well, the only time we've been yeah, in I know. each other's presence. The COVID. The, the, uh, yeah, the weekend before it really hit. Is we just hung out and talked for like three hours, and the only yeah. reason we left is because we had to go to my sister-in-law's house, or we would have hung out longer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, we're always up for good conversation, and that's one of the reasons I do love my husband is because if I'm not intellectually stimulated by a man, I want nothing to do with him. <laughs> I know that sounds horrible, and I am prejudiced against stupid people. I just, I can't help it. When I'm the smartest person in the group, there's a problem. You know, I mean, just, I don't want to be known as the walking dictionary. I don't want you to come to me like I'm fucking Wikipedia. Yeah, man, I have people that my friend EE e. calls me Snapple Cap. I'm like, damn it, just because I throw out fucking facts and tidbits about you know various things doesn't make me the Encyclopedia Britannica or anything. Come well, on, well, you know, when Jeff drinks, we call him Jeffopedia because I swear <laughs> to God, my husband is super smart, 
but he hates game shows and he hates trivia, but he knows more trivia than any person I know. I'm like, you do realize just going on Jeopardy one time would solve all our money problems forever. Right. <laughs> you could totally pull this off, but no, you hate game shows. Me, 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 me. <laughs> Why does he hate game shows? That's so interesting to me because I fucking love game I shows. I know, right? Me. Well, you know, his parents, he is um, 58 years old. His parents had a farm growing up. Uh, they raised tobacco and a few animals. And uh, his dad was a master huntsman and raised dogs for that. And he never had any siblings and, you know, he never really had close friends. Uh, he, he does have Asperger's. So he's, he's very logical. I call him my Spock because <laughs> you know, logic comes first in his mind. For me, it's emotion. Emotion is more important than logic, you know? So he is my Spock and I love him for it. But yeah, he doesn't like game shows. He doesn't play games except for Minecraft. When he got introduced to Minecraft, he fell in love with it. And he plays it solo. And he plays it survival style. And boy, does he ever play it survival style. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's very good at it. And I'm happy for him. But I'm the gamer in the family. We wouldn't have an Xbox if it wasn't for me. So, you know. <laughs> he's just yeah he doesn't like game shows i love jeopardy i've been watching it since it came back on tv when i was five i used to call it jeffrey oddly enough um but he's just yeah he he hates trivia he knows trivia but he hates trivia it's like well why do you know so much of it then yeah it's yeah I, that's that sounds very very complicated yeah, again, you know, everybody in this house is autistic. I'm autistic. Our daughter is autistic. He's very autistic, you know. <laughs> but, you know, his his Asperger's makes him very interesting to talk to because, again, he is Spock, he is logic, and I'm emotion. So our conversations can get very interesting because we often don't always see eye to eye. But I love him. Yeah, he's a good guy. Oh, I think he's pretty awesome. <laughs> I think so. I mean, in the zombie apocalypse, he's definitely the dude you want there. He may I, not be able to, you know, shoot a gun or do the hunting, which actually he he himself is also a master marksman, but uh, he's a vegetarian. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he hasn't eaten meat since he was like 30 years old. So, damn. Yeah, and uh, I love meat. I eat all the meat, but yeah, oh, he knows all kinds of, of stuff. I know I haven't eaten today either. Uh, yeah, <laughs> well, let's go ahead. Here. Let's go ahead and wrap this sucker up. Um, let's do our uh, our links and sure. follow us on, and then uh, then we can close it out. And I can tell uh, you can tell Betty about the uh, the couch story. Huh. All right. Well, um, you know, as always. The links to follow are down below in the description of the episode. Uh, be on the lookout because those will be changing soon because we've got a little bit of an overhaul. Uh, the show's getting a facelift. Uh, new artwork is being worked on. Uh, there will be new music at the beginning, new intro. Uh, 
changing up the format a little bit and we're going to bring more content to you in that regard but you know for now follow all the links at the bottom and if you want to follow me personally online i'm on facebook under my regular name uh i love having conversations with people send me a message you know and as if you're not a scammer we can have a fun conversation <laughs> and if you are a scammer i guarantee you i'm gonna have a fun conversation yeah <laughs> i'm gonna work on writing the script for that one so we can try to work oh yeah that. yeah well, I, I told i told betty about it yesterday morning she yeah up. i had my own story to tell too yeah <laughs> but uh if you want to follow me on other shows uh outside of this show you can catch me on the realm of collectors youtube channel Every other Wednesday night at 9.30 Eastern, I'm on a show called Figure Banging. It's a live-action figure review show. We usually look at Transformers. Yes, we're big kids, but we have I fun. thought you said finger-banging. No, it's it's a play <laughs> um, It's a play on English uh, when they say figure. Figure. Okay. Figure. Yeah, well, it just, yeah. Yeah. I have a dirty mind. That's I have a, a mind of a 12-year-old boy. No, that's okay. We do, too. Um. <laughs> But the other show you can catch me on every Friday night around 9 p.m. Eastern is MPSP Theater. And they're always, both those shows are live. You're welcome to jump in and participate, watch along, and participate in the live chat. And we usually do hangouts, you know, unbroadcasted afterwards. Some, similar to like this, it's just people having conversation afterwards. Uh, but, yeah, those are the places you can find me. Uh, Betty, is there anywhere that... You would like people to know if they chose to follow you on any social medias or um, again most of my Facebook is pretty much public and it's uh Betty Badger Ogletree dot you know at Facebook. I don't know how that works. It's Ogletree. Right. You can't miss me. <laughs> <laughs> it's at Facebook.org. Yeah, I mean there's only like eight thousand of us in the world, so go on. Yeah, cool. I'll give her a follow. Well, well, Greg, what about you, man? Uh, Rock Geek on all socials. Um, I, I've been I've been jumping back and forth if I want to stream some uh, uh, Fall Guys at all. Uh, I, the The problem I'm having right now with streaming Fall Guys is uh, how do I put this? I can't I get know. my friend's audio through the uh the game i could hook up my um oh sorry, you mean I, when we the way we have to the four of us get yeah, because a nobody, call on messenger because they don't use discord yeah we we uh they don't use discord and we don't even if we had discord like it would still be tough because for some reason the 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 headset that i have that i use on my xbox like it works on the playstation but it doesn't pick up audio very well so i don't know we'll fi i'll figure something out eventually or I'll just stream the game and just have my audio. <laughs> I don't know. It'd be weird, but um, I don't know. I don't know. Notice <laughs> uh, Sitting over here in my basement drinking tiny wines. <laughs> Are you now? But if, no. you, if you decide to follow me on Twitch, Chub Rock Geek on Twitch as well. I might stream some Fall Guys. I might stream some Jackbox. You don't know. Come just on. follow me there. Uh, other than that, yeah, I think that's that's it. That's all. We're again, we're gonna watch that uh, that video game documentary, High Score, uh, and the uh, Juwan show. Origins, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's it, guys. I think I think that's it, and that's all. 
Thank you again, buddy, All for right. joining us. It's been fucking fantastic having you here, as always. Thank you for having me. <laughs> She's gonna walk the dogs. It sounds like. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. The little one is an asshole. He has <laughs> so I have to All watch. Right. All right. Well, uh, everyone, thank you for listening to this really long episode but i hope you enjoyed it as much as i know i enjoyed being a part of it uh and uh yeah we'll see you next time take care everybody bye